Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about boss fight design in Destiny, kind of reviewing all the different ways bosses show up. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, or watching on YouTube, maybe you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, I think Google Play is switching to like YouTube Music. Those are all places where SNTR Presents hits. You can look that up. You can also go to SNTRPresents.com if you want to support me directly through Patreon. If you'd rather watch live, you can go to SayNoToRage.com. It'll bring you to the YouTube channel. You can click subscribe, the bell button, or maybe the join button if you want to support me directly. All those tiers are identical and they have perks in the Discord. And Tiger2Actual, thank you so much. Just join and click on the join button. Welcome. Um... So why do I want to talk about boss fight design? You know, I I do think there's good and bad in the way bosses have shown up in Destiny as a franchise, both Destiny 1 to now. Uh, We're going to talk about strike bosses, raid bosses, and dungeons. We'll probably try and break it up into those three sections. But before I really get into that, I do want to address two things about boss design as it exists in Destiny from a from a bigger picture number one the question of should should they avoid baking which is essentially when you go in and just absolutely melt the boss you just bake them and boom down they go and I do think there is room for that in Destiny. I think baking a boss, finessing a boss, especially in certain circumstances, uh, public events, lost sectors, strikes would be where I think that's totally fine. Even in some content where the difficulty goes up a little bit, if you're finessing the mechanics and everything, I'm okay with that. We'll touch on that when we talk about raid and dungeon bosses. But I think sometimes melting a boss is either seen as the ideal, like, oh, if we can't melt the boss, this encounter sucks, or it's on the other side where people are like, no, melting bosses just shouldn't happen. I think there's room in the middle on the baking boss issue, so I'm not going to draw a hard line throughout this talk about that. The second thing is boss stomping. I think whether you're looking at a, at a Lost Sector public event strike boss, any type of boss, the boss stomping, the, the how, how much damage it does, how far back you fly, I think needs addressed throughout the entire game. Okay, it, it needs it needs looked at throughout the entire game. It's used too often. It its circumference of impact is far too great. You can be in the air behind an ogre when he slams the ground. You go flying. So I think the circumference needs to be lowered on stomp, and the the intensity and the damage all needs to be dialed back. Those are two things. I didn't want to get into that in each section, but those are two things. Boss melting and boss stomping that I think needs to be looked at on a case-by-case basis, but by and large, I think stomping needs to be completely overhauled and dialed back, okay? Let's talk about strike bosses first. I actually think their variety and appearance isn't bad, but they're basically just bigger versions of a Minotaur or a Hobgoblin, you know, or whatever the case may be. I would like to see a little bit more innovation done there, so bosses tend to have more of an identity. We know Omnigol because of her scream, but she was still basically just a wizard. Uh, So we know certain knights and certain characters or whatever, I would like to see a little bit more done with the identity of what they look like to differentiate them from just being a bigger version of a Cabal, you know, Centurion or something, or a a hive knight but i do like how there's variety in appearance because we have so many different you know races of enemy the mechanics don't actually seem to land all that properly in most of the fights that try to do mechanics pyramidian would be a good example of how it just mechanics are not necessarily being executed on very well in a boss fight there's also good examples of boss fights that don't feel like the mechanics bring about a flourishing or a fun but they make everything feel flat t- flat tire the fanatic would be the best example of this with his 
there's immunity phases um immunity phases is another thing that's used i think a little too often mostly immunity phases are showing up i think in a bad way in strikes not really in raids and dungeons but immunity phases in the fanatic exodus crash is another example of basically an immunity phase he just sort of disappears and you can't damage him and then the Pyramidian, you can, you know, knock the boss's head off, and then he runs around immune because he's supposed to be behind the barriers. These are all areas where I think mechanics are well intended, but they land sloppily and they hurt the player experience. So when I look at strike boss fights, I would want to see two things: opportunity for finesse and and killing the boss very quickly. That should be there should be an opportunity for that if you do things in the right order, or maybe maybe have mechanics more tuned to that if you do the mechanics really well then you kill the boss really really fast an example of this would be when you go into a nightmare hunt you wear the right mods you grab the unstable essence and you use like golden gun or something you do an insane amount of damage to the boss so you're using the interworkings of the mechanics in the room to maximize efficiency i think they would need to lean in that direction as opposed to using mechanics to simply slow us down that just creates boss fights that we don't like you know there's the one on the tangled shore where you got to throw the balls back and forth when you finally get to her it's basically assured that there's only one phase and then she's going to leave again I think mechanics should not be used to slow you down but to promote team synergy cooperation that leads to a finesse and a greater efficiency in the boss fight now let's talk about raid bosses I would say the best raid bosses are the ones that cannot be cheesed. Some of the best examples of raid boss fights that are not what they should be would be obviously Riven because of the cheese that you can completely avoid all the challenge, all of the, you know, all the mechanics. Uh, another good example of a boss fight that sort of, I think, fell down the stairs would be the Golgoroth fight. Golgoroth fight, when you do rotation method, was really enjoyable, but then everybody just did one puddle strat. That was kind of cheesy. That's not how the you know the fight was originally intended to be you know done. I think the best raid boss fights are when DPS, damage to the boss, is interwoven with mechanics. I believe those are the most enjoyable fights. Those are the ones that tend to be the most memorable. Really good examples of this would be the Axis fight in Wrath of the Machine. There is the plate slamming. There is the empowered. There is the rotation of empowered and the movement of the boss. So you have to manage the mechanics and finesse the mechanics while you're in the DPS phase, okay? You've interwoven them together so it's not this clear-cut do the mechanics and now the boss stands there and lets you shoot them. Bad examples of mechanics and damage phases, you know, being sort of separate would be things like the Crown of Sorrows where you satisfy the mechanics and then the boss just sits there and lets you bake his face. The, The fight before... The second to last encounter in Crown of Sorrows is probably a bit better. There's a mechanic interwoven into damage. I know people just tend to cheese it, but still, I think that's a better example of it being interwoven. Now, a lot of the times when we talk about raid bosses, people want to go to Oryx as an extreme example, and it is an extreme example. There is no real true damage phase. You literally satisfy mechanics, and the mechanics themselves kill the boss. I don't think this example should be uh, used as a cookie cutter or scaffolding for future raid boss encounters, and let me explain why. There's two major reasons I think the Oryx fight should never be replicated, only used as a source of inspiration. I typically point to the Light Eater Knights as one of the better examples of how to increase the difficulty of an encounter without just leaning on a delta or negative modifiers. But there's two things that I think you want to avoid 
with fights like Oryx. Number one, it's we are very disconnected from feeling like we killed the boss. It's not really connected to you and your damage as an extension of yourself, you know, the weapons that you choose, the loadout that you go into. You feel very disconnected from that experience. And that, I think, is one of the reasons why King's Fall is a favorite raid, but it wasn't one people like to replay a lot. It kind of was in a weird category. The other reason I don't think that's the best example of a raid boss encounter is because the tiniest mistake means you have to start all the way over, and I think that leads to a lot of frustration. It leads to a lot of, you know, just wipe, oh, we messed up one teeny tiny thing. There was no elasticity. There wasn't a lot of room for clutches. I will say low man clutches at Oryx were always very intense and enjoyable and memorable, and low man clutches aren't really possible anymore because of the res timer. And so I think... By and large, that happy middle ground where DPS phases and mechanics are interwoven. I think there's extremes, right? Where you do the mechanics, now it's time for boss damage. Do the mechanics, now it's time for boss damage. Or, like with Oryx, it's just all mechanics. There is no damage phase at all. I think those are extremes that lead to people feeling like it's not that enjoyable. You know, Scourge of the Past is actually a very, very close system that I think it works really, really well. If you use the the polarities and the and the and the you know you got continuous and parallel and angular or whatever, and you use those and stand together, you maximize your damage. But I think that's another reason we need hard raids because that boss fight would be a lot more interesting if there were two phases instead of just always a one phase bake. Now, lastly, let's talk about dungeons. I feel like dungeons are some of the best example of boss fights, especially recently with both Pit of Heresy and Prophecy as very, very good, well-designed boss fights in Destiny. I like Pit because it's a bit of a rumble. It's a bit of a small area. They've got mechanics. The boss is always there kind of walking around. But I think the Prophecy Dungeon's probably one of the best boss fight designs they've ever come up with. The mechanics are creative. It's a nice, small, intense area. You feel like you're in a battle. And then the actual damage phase is one that's on the move. There's mechanics to be avoided. He'll hit you and you go warping back. There's ads shooting at you. You have small windows of time to maximize damage and do it. He goes all the way down, right? And then you go to a second phase and then the room is different. Mechanics are a little bit, you know, uh, you know, they take a different form and a different shape because you're in a completely different room. I think the Prophecy boss is a very, very good example of how you can make a boss fight unique, interesting, and not so just damage-baked trade. Now, I don't think you want to take that principle and shove it into strikes or public events, but I do think the minute you go into harder fights, harder environments, you really want to start to lean on fights like Prophecy and some of the others that I've outlined today that interweave mechanics and damage so that it doesn't feel so silly, everybody kind of standing and just absolutely decimating a boss, or it's just pure mechanics like we saw in the Oryx fight. It definitely gets more interesting when you have fights like that, like the the, the Prophecy fight, or as I said, Scourge of the Past, when there are two phases. I think that's another thing that needs to be looked at. <coughs> The question of, <coughs> excuse me, should we be able to just bake a boss and melt a boss? I think in certain circumstances it's fine, but I think once you start to get into dungeons and raids, two phases should become more standard than one phase, and I think one of the reasons you're going to get there, one of the ways, I'm sorry, you could get there, is with hard mode, and that's why I think difficulty spectrum is so important in the end game. Some of these mechanics and some of these fights would really, really, I think, flourish 
if the fights went a little bit longer and were not so one-dimensional damage trade go do it stand here melt go home i would love to see that transaction shaken up just a little bit so we're going to transition to q a if you're listening to this on itunes or spotify or google play you can come watch live at say no to rage.com and as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about boss fight design and destiny. If you're listening to this on Spotify, Google Play, or iTunes, you can always catch me live at SayNoToRage.com. And you can click subscribe and the bell button there. That helps me out. You can also click the join button. We have memberships live on the channel. That supports me directly. If you'd rather use Patreon, go to SNTRPresents.com for the Patreon. So, gonna take the first question here from Table JFK says, Should it be on Bungie to create an encounter that ultimately does not boil down to standing in a well of radiance and shooting a big target for 15 seconds, often requiring requiring only one phase before they nerf the nerf to snipers? I think the Axis encounter would be a great design to look back on. Thoughts? So, this question was submitted. You know, they're taking advantage of the fact that they're a supporter uh, in the Discord. So, VIP gets an hour of early access and then paying members in the discord can submit questions before I even go live so that's a great thing to take advantage of and so sometimes uh, sometimes they are going to submit a question that I address in the the actual video and that's totally fine this is going to allow me to elaborate on it instead of like smashing it into a 10 minute video so I cited the axis uh, fight as an example of when DPS is interwoven with mechanics, disallowing people this clean cut break between do the mechanics now stand here and damage, do the mechanics now stand here and damage. I don't like when they're so sharply disconnected. I also don't like how Oryx is literally just all mechanics. I think those are two extremes. One extreme is it's all mechanics. The other extreme is satisfy the mechanics and then put that down and now just stand here and shoot the boss. The Axis fight's a good example, but I think the best example is the uh, Prophecy Dungeon. Because he moves so much, Well of Radiance is automatically chopped down a peg. Because he's moving away from you. The, the, the bubble, the Titan bubble, same exact idea. It's... It's, it's automatically chopped down a peg because he's moving away from you. You can't, like, bring your Well of Radiance with you. Um, and so I think fights need to continue to, to iterate on that. Yeah, you have to keep up with him. You can't, like, stay back. There's a mechanic in the room that'll kill you if you don't keep up with him. You have to chase him. So more and more, it... yeah you could pop it at the end but still at least well of radiance is reserved for like a very specific role like (coughs) excuse me plate slamming in the axis fight can we just be honest well of radiance is problematic like they just need to get rid of it (laughs) they're not going to but you you have to get rid of well of radiance you have to it's so problematic what, so every boss they make now to make them interesting, they're going to have to make the boss run a marathon to get away from us so Well of Radiance and Titan Bubble are not meta? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, the Axis fight with plate slamming, you would throw down a well every time. Well, bam, maximize DPS. Slam the plate, slam us back. Well, bam. It would be stupid. You know? Well is worse, worse than self-res. That... That seems controversial, but I think that that's true. I think Well of Radiance is worse than Self-Res. It, 
it completely it completely is this giant barrier problem to making interesting fights stand here and get a damage buff and you're basically invincible like at least with the bubble you have to step out of the bubble you know at least with the bubble you got to step out of the bubble you can't just stand there and so it's a little bit more you know a little bit more complex um maybe the boss could damage the well I think if the well of radiance if they took away its damage buff people would just run well of radiance and put down like a in empowering rift essentially you know get getting it back so what I think they need to do is they need to remove the damage buff when you're in the well and then change the empowering rift to be something else empowering rift could be something like your abilities regen very quickly while standing here or something it doesn't give you a damage buff they would just have a bubble they would just put a bubble in the back well and again again they could rethink the the they could rethink the the titan bubble as well I just if I'm if I'm Bungie and I'm trying to design interesting boss fights I can't help but think they have to look at well of radiance and titan bubble and say this is just not helping this is just not helping right now like it's not might as well get rid of all damage bonuses it just depends though uh Louie because think about it like this like tether tether adds a debuff but it's it's fairly short and tether has more utility than just like hitting a boss with it it's great for ad control it has other uses I just don't think you should have anything that gives you literally all that you need protection from damage and a damage buff it just seems stupid no other class has that I just find it to be problematic every time I think of good boss fights or good ideas for boss fights well of radiance is just sitting there going <laughs> that is so funny that you think that's gonna be hard that's hilarious Rat, like wrath of the machine axis fight in destiny 2 well of radiance is just sitting there chuckling like <laughs> that's so cute you think that that fight's not gonna be completely undone by my very presence yeah that, slam those plates on the ground we'll have a well of radiance literally the entire time like I don't know anytime you think of something cool you could do with the boss or a boss fight or something I think well of radiance just chuckles at the notion that they can make something truly challenging and so what every boss fight is gonna have to be uh, um a marathon cross-country race to, to, to chase after the boss so that the well of radiance is chopped down a peg give the bosses a way to suppress the well but now you're making content specifically targeting the well like that's just too narrow don't agree with the quick ability regen with warlock well remember year one with calls uh, and the pulse grenade spam I don't know we still crying about well of radiance like babies Nobody's crying like babies. I'm actually making a pretty far-reaching, and I would say it's a pretty logical argument that it it's it causes so much so many problems and so much disruption to any sense of difficulty, challenge, or or boss fights having anything going on other than everybody standing in one spot. Um, yeah, the last time we got well-specific content was the reckoning. Exactly. So do bubbles. To be fair, I think bubbles could afford to be. Re reevaluated, but at the same time, 
a, a, a Titan bubble, you at least have to step out of it. It's not. It's it's a it's a little bit more complex, especially for six people. Now again, they step out of it, and yes, it's giving them that damage buff for however many seconds. But now they're vulnerable to damage. Um, so. When I look at the Axis fight, or I look at the Harpy fight, or I look at the, you know, the, the, the Prophecy fight, and I'm like, oh wow, there's so much movement, that's so great. There's still, there's still something about Well of Radiance that feels like it's just a giant problem for, um, for endgame boss design. It's literally the only super that gives you everything. There's no other super that does that. You're usually trading one for the other. Oh, what's that super do? Oh, well, if I uh, if I wear, wear Celestial, that's really high damage. That's basically all the super is good for at that point. Tether does the debuff, but it's also really, really good for ad control. So sometimes you have a super that literally is only good for one thing, or it can be good for kind of like two things. So, I hate the frame of this argument because the root issue of the Destiny bosses is that they're limited by the Tiger engine. So all we do is pick at the bone, pick at the bones and tweak damage. I mean, to an extent, I don't know if we can blame everything on Tiger. We've had some really amazing boss fights, man. I don't know. Prophecy fights cool. The Pit of Heresy fights cool. War Priest and Golgoroth are, are good. Golgoroth's a great fight. If there was no one puddle strat, it's a great fight. Oryx is a great fight. Um, I don't know. I think we've had some really, really great fights in the history of the game. Well of Radiance needs to be its own thing. Titans have always had the bubble. Hunter has tether. Warlock needs a different type of support. It should just be health. If if Empowering Rift didn't exist, if Empowering Rift didn't exist, and Well of Radiance was literally there to help people survive, that's it. That's the fix. It's about support. It's about survival. It just... It gets to, it gets to play for both teams, and it's like, that's not... That's not balanced. You're literally letting Well of Radiance be the single greatest PvE super in existence. Well is fine, leave it alone. You only speak in platitudes, which means you don't have an argument. Sorry. You said we were crying about it, and now you're just asserting it's fine, leave it alone. Make an argument, or, you know, don't expect anybody to consider your side. Because you're not saying anything other than just just an assertive, you know, platitude. Rain the Dark. So for six years now, we've had the same bosses uh, that break physics and get you back to 2002 because of stomp mechanics. And I think we all become fatigued from it. Should Bungie reduce stomp's potency? I kicked off the video with this because I do think, and I'm happy to answer it here because we can talk about it a little bit more. Um, the idea that we die more to getting physics than anything. Right? You made a point earlier. All right, I'm going to scroll up and try and find it. Just make the players move more. Look at the one strike where the floor dissolves. No, that's your only point that you made, and we we already addressed that point. You can't legislate every boss fight to Well of Radiance, like making the floor dissolve. Right. That's what I mean, though. You are conceding the point that Well of Radiance is too strong by saying, well, just have bosses with mechanics that are literally designed with Well of Radiance in mind. You are proving my point for me. Your solution is to literally legislate boss mechanics around the Well of Radiance. It's an elephant in the room, and you're wanting the furniture to be restructured around it. We already have a healing rift and an exotic to extend it. 
It would suck if it only healed. Back to the stomp question. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we opened up the video and I talked about baking bosses, like melting bosses, and uh, boss stomp. And I think boss stomp isn't just boss stomp. It's also like mini boss stomp, mini major, like uh, like majors, majors do it. You know, the ogres on the bridge at Reckoning can literally just knock you into tomorrow. You just go flying. Um, I don't know if Bungie feels the same way we do about it. It's sometimes developers become fascinated with something that you hate and it will not go away. It will not go away. Um, the idea that they literally have a modifier that makes it worse. <laughs> they have a they have a modifier that makes it worse. So they seem to like it. They seem to like it. In D1 we did Atheon, Templar, Crota, Golgi. We had to move. War Priest, Oryx, first bosses in Wrath, final boss. Yeah, I mean, movement helps, but movement's not necessarily uh you know what I mean? Gamescom has co-streaming guidelines. Um, how to co-stream. Anyone can follow Gamescom on his or her personal channel, irrespective of the platform. Choose between our clean feed of Gamescom or one of the platforms. Get your popcorn. Okay, it says, important, anyone can distribute Gamescom on his or her own personal channel, irrespective of the platform. No rights of third parties are violated. No con- We can't show anything that's bad. Uh, no laws are violated. No advertising for the following products. Uh, nicotine, alcohol, cannabis, or other addictive substances. Party politics, especially election advertising. Uh, adult stuff, gambling, lotteries, casino, poker, sport, blah, blah, blah. Uh, automated pop-ups upon which a streamer exercises no influence are principally permitted uh, and, are, uh, and are executed from the criteria exclusion above. Yeah, so it looks like you're just totally allowed uh, to co-stream. You just can't do any, you just can't do any of those things, which I don't do any of those things. <laughs> I'm not partnered, I'm not partnered with like, uh, you know what I mean? You probably shared to wrong region. What? Was it lower? Oh no, it's just a screen grab. It's fine. I didn't care. You guys saw that. It was just the it was just the co-streaming guidelines. Um, I just it's just right now that question that you see. It's literally a screen grab of my browser. So when I go to dim, you can see if I click on dim, see how you can see my dim. Yeah, that's all it is. Um. So yeah, you know, getting physics needs looked at. You know, the, the idea that we're like a ping pong ball, I just, you know, some of that I think I, I think boss stomp needs toned down, but it doesn't seem like Bungie's interested in toning it down because again, they have a negative modifier that makes it worse. Um, so, Avenger, my favorite encounter in D two is the prophecy boss by far. It feels fresh, unique, and dynamic. Do you think this creativity shown in Prophecy will continue in Beyond Light, or do you think it was just something that landed strong? I mean, I think they're always looking for ways to improve boss encounters, but I think we need to remember something. This this is a dungeon, and it'll probably influence future dungeons, uh, raids, or you have things like Whisper and Outbreak. There'll probably be some exotics that show up like that, you know, with their own, like, mini dungeon or whatever. And, um, 
I can see it influencing that. What I don't think is going to happen is I don't think you're going to see like strike bosses and lost sectors and stuff be influenced by this. Now, I'm not saying that's what you're asking for either. I just want to set the set the 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 expectations like we're not expecting this conversation to lead to strikes to be completely overhauled and I know you're not expecting that or asking for that either but I think you're on to something I do think the prophecy boss will will influence um, future bosses and uh, in dungeons and in raids because it's 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 a really really good encounter it's a really really good fight and I think we want we've obviously made it clear we want more of it um and if you're going, if you're going to go, if you're going to go down that road of, you know, how do we make boss fights better? How do we, how do we mitigate well of radiance? I think they've got some really good ways of doing it. And I think that the good thing about the prophecy boss, it doesn't feel like they tried to make another reckoning. Does that make sense? It's not like they made the content and you can clearly be like, oh yeah, they did this because of Well of Radiance and Titan Bubble. It doesn't feel that way. Certainly, because we're not stupid, we can see like, yeah, it it really kind of chops down Well of Radiance and Titan Bubble. It does. And at the end, when you can use Titan Bubble and Well of Radiance, you have a small window before he leaves. So, it's preventing you from doing max CPS and in a way neutralizing it. It's chopping it down a peg. Neutralizing sounds like it's like taking it off the table. You can still use it. Um, Also, you can't just stand there and dump into the boss. You gotta move. Even if you're not using Titan Bubble or Well, you gotta move. I use my tether. I use Mobius Quiver right at the front. You know what I mean? right at the front and then I'm and then I'm constantly having to move get out of the way of the of the of the wall that knocks that, that like teleports people back necro to me good design for boss encounters make the player think you also have to be flexible enough to allow different strategies to be taken I believe environmental hazards breakable body parts and different boss phases have a lot of potential in destiny 2 your thoughts Somebody was saying that earlier that they love the idea of a, of a boss going to another phase where they look different. Um, and I really do think that there's there's a lot of room for that. I really don't want it to feel like you're forcing me, but I also think, you know, hard mode would give you a little bit more flexibility to say, this boss is going to go to a second phase. This boss is going to go to phase two. Right now, again, it's just like phase one, melt, boom, go back. I I don't know. I don't like that. I don't like brute forcing. Brute forcing is not the right word. I don't like ham fisting multiple phases. So the fanatic would be an example of just ham fisting. We don't want you to be able to bake him. So he's just going to literally go immune in the middle of your super. You can go in to the fanatic fight. And you can hit him with your blade barrage when it's solar burn. Half of your blades proc up immune. He goes immune literally that fast. And so I don't want it forced. I don't want it forced, but I also don't like the idea that one phase has become so standard. You will literally see hardcore players. I should probably put hardcore in quotes here. 
just really, really losing their shirt and getting angry about the fact that, like, if a, if a fight doesn't go down in a one phase, they're so anti-two phase. They're anti-two phase to maybe, I would even say, like, to a fault. And so, I think there was something about the Axis fight. I don't know why this was, but a, a, a one phase was really, really hard. Maybe it was just on hard. He had more health or something. I don't know. I remember the Axis fight was almost always a two phase. Always. Um, they can't win. If they did a hard mode, they'd add more mechanics and people would cry and say it's too hard. They make it harder and then people uh, don't say that it didn't make it hard the right way. They can never win. No, I disagree with that, Kelia. I disagree with that. I think people initially thought like Oryx was really hard and challenging because of the Light Eater Knights and then uh, I think a lot of people thought the Atheon, I initially thought the Atheon challenge was just too hard, it was too chaotic and then it became my favorite. I think initially there's always that rough edge of like man this is freaking tough and then all the all the it, all the all the all the sudden all of the uh all the edges get smoothed out and you're like oh I see it now. There's always that first week or two where you're kind of like ah oh, this I don't like this. I remember people telling me that I wasn't going to be able to carry people through Axis. They're like Lona, there's no way you're going to be able to carry randos through this dude. This is too chaotic. And then Wrath of the Machine became our best and fastest raid for for raid helps. Um I do I do. I, I think that I think that by and large they um they they they've they've done a good job at least in D one of making something that feels pretty tough on the outset. But then I like I said I don't remember getting one phases at Axis very often. At all they were really really hard to pull off, you know. They they were they were one phases were hard to pull off there. We just we've gotten away from that. We've drifted away from this idea. I rewatched your first Wrath run last night on YouTube. Oh man, that was good. That was good. People were losing it when Hard Mode Crota launched. But everyone hates them because they didn't make it hard the way they wanted them to. I think you're really, really generalizing the, the, the four the four raids especially the last two, King's Fall and Wrath, I think you're really overgeneralizing the way the community responded to those raids. I don't think you're accurately representing how people felt about those raids. I was in the raiding community every day, and we had a very highly functional LFG system with helpers and everything else. I think think it's a... It's not a very good summary to act like, oh, but nobody liked it. They didn't like how they made it hard or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't don't agree with that. There's always going to be critics... That's unavoidable. Um, I don't think you're ever going to have a raid or anything launched that doesn't have critics. Um, you don't see people rushing to do Spire of Stars Prestige. Well, yeah, but now you're going to examples that were highly criticized and for good reason. You, th- th- that's that's worthy of criticism. The curated loadouts were, were was something that people didn't really like. You know, there wasn't a good enough reward structure in there. There wasn't enough loot. In in general, I don't think you're ever going to have a raid launch that doesn't get some criticism. Right now, I think the primary criticism that I'm making is there's literally a giant absence. There's a vacancy that used to be there. Hard and normal mode with raids, I think, gives them a lot of freedom. To do to do things that they're not presently doing. 
It wasn't hard the way that they wanted it hard. I mean, this doesn't feel like a good discussion because I gave a bunch of examples in Destiny 1 and you're running to raid layers that have like a laundry list of criticism from the community to make your point. Like, yeah, I suppose if you go to very specific examples, but you're ignoring all the examples I gave. Bungie can and has made normal and hard versions of content that were largely accepted. And saying they can never win and then using raid layers as your example, I just think is a pretty weak way to approach it. They, they've done it. They can do it again. Also, even though you have critics, it doesn't mean you have bad content. A great example would be the recent dungeons. I'm sure there are people that are critical of elements of the, of the current dungeons. They, they would be critics of that doesn't mean that they, they can't win and that they're bad it's bad content you know what I mean I can use anything an example oh thank you Lloyd I appreciate it right no listen to what I'm saying listen to what I'm saying there are examples of times in destiny where they made hard content that was praised and people liked it they misfired on the raid layers and I think they even admitted that in a talk somewhere where they said that curated loadouts was not something they were ever going to do again it was not a very popular thing that's always going to happen in game design you're going to try something people end up not liking it right so going to literally two raid layers out of all the raid content in Destiny's history you can't conclude that like oh there's no use trying to do hard content because people will just dislike how they made it hard and I'm like that's a really, really far, like, that's a broad generalization about all of the raids and all the hard content, and you have to use two of the most specific examples. I'm not running to super specific examples. Atheon Challenge, uh, going to hard mode in Kingsfall, the challenges in the Wrath of the Machine raid, Those, that's, that's, oh, that's tons of hard content in D1. You can use it as examples of, like, people really enjoyed the increase in challenge. Grandmasters fall into that as well. There are examples where they didn't, so there's points on both sides. No, Brolo, you're misunderstanding the argument he's trying to make. I am saying they can do it because they have before. He's saying they can't win, and he's going to two specific examples. You see what I'm saying? His premise is broad. The premise is Bungie can't win. Super broad premise supported by two specific examples. My premise is They've done it before, they can do it again. They can make hard content and make it good. They've done it before. I don't think you can say huge broad stroke generalization. Yeah, they can't. Everybody'll just end up complaining that it that it they'll just complain that it wasn't hard in the way they like it. And I'm like, but we don't we've not consistently done that. We've not consistently said, oh, this isn't really good hard mode. Also, anytime you give examples of difficulty spectrum in D2. It's all over the place. Leviathan had prestige mode. And then after that, they they did prestige modes for the layers and never did it again. And the prestige modes for the layer was... Uh, prestige mode for layers was literally the, the, the only time they've ever done curated loadouts. So, yes, people criticize those as not being how they would like hard content to be designed. But that's not something we've consistently done. 
So I, I think there's, I think it's worthy of their, I don't like defeatism, like defeatism being like, oh, what's the point? Bungie can't win. That's all we're ever going to do is critic, critic, be critical. And it's like, there, there's plenty of content where people have said, that's really good spectrum. That's really good hard mode that like, we like the challenges. We loved age of triumph. I think they have plenty of things in their, in their encyclopedia or their history of content to pull from to say, there are times where we got it right. Why'd they stop with hard modes then? If they were so well received previously? You are having a really hard time tracking here because you're looking like this. You're only looking at D2 because that's why that's how you want to make your point. Go like this and broaden your view to include D1 that I've cited like seven times already. Look at D1. You, you've ignored that this entire time. You're just, just grinding that axe and ignoring everything I've said about D1. D2 has been all over the place. You can't use it as like a standard. It's like they did it in Leviathan and then they never did it again. Because we're playing D2, D1 is... I'm moving on. LL Brood. Good morning, Lono. I believe that it would be unique and different if dungeon or raid bosses had three different ways of satisfying a mechanic and damaging the boss. Almost like the RNG of the relays on the third and fourth encounter of Garden, but a hundred times more unique. So you want unique, you want three different ways of satisfying a mechanic. I'm trying to think, like, I don't dislike this idea. I just wonder if it doesn't turn into, this is the best, this is the best way, right? Um, I don't know. I've always thought about it in layers, okay? And you can use the Axis fight as an example of there there were layers, right? You you could do the plate slamming if you wanted to, but you didn't have to. And plate slamming brought a benefit. Now, as far as like, oh, you can satisfy the mechanic in the room in three different ways, I'd have to see it in practice. Because you're saying, you know, the RNG of the relays on the third and fourth encounter of Garden, but a hundred times more unique. I'd have to see it in practice to really play with this idea because they've never really done anything like that. Oh yeah, you can slam Axis's back, but you don't have to. You can also do this or that or that. I don't know. I'd have to see it. I'd have to see it put into practice um, before I would decide if I like it or not. Initially, this is this is my concern. If there were three different ways to make Axis damageable to satisfy the back slamming whatever my concern from just the just I'm zoomed out on your idea I'm way up here looking down at it we're not down on the specifics I'm just zoomed out is one way would emerge as like the easiest way oh I can give you an example war priest war priest so hard mode war priest we learned he absorbed different powers from different pillars so what did everybody do they always hid behind the same pillar because the one power was way easier to deal with than the others. I don't... It, I feel like that'd almost be unavoidable. You'd, you'd whittle it down to like, yeah, this is the best way. Just do it this way. Because no matter what you do, if it, and, if they're, and if they're all equal and it just comes down to preference, then what's the point there too? You know what I'm saying? What's the point in having multiple options for how to satisfy the fight? If it's just homogenized and every option is identical, 
Now, if you're saying it's random, like, oh, Axis's back is blue, we have to do this instead. Oh, Axis's back is purple, but we have to do this instead. I could see maybe doing that to keep us on our toes, correct? Okay, so that's what you're saying. Okay, now I understand. Okay. Um, there's a part of me that feels like you would waste... I feel like you'd waste that on one fight. Why wouldn't you take those mechanics and spread those out over two different fights? I love the idea of keeping us on our toes, but I'm also like, if they become... You're saying a hundred times more unique. So if the fight can go eight different ways, you don't know which way it's going to go until you see like the color of their shield... That feels like you're jamming you're jamming so many mechanics into one fight. Why not use them in more fights? I don't know. I like the idea. I just worry they would waste tons of bandwidth because it's like now you're basically creating four fights contained into one. Couldn't you spend all that time creating a dungeon? Couldn't you spend all that time creating more encounters? Isn't it more fun in a raid when there's more encounters? I think it's I think it's more fun. Five dollars from Lloyd. I think we'll see Bungie bring back Prestige Raids one day. We haven't seen that this next year. Uh, what's going to bring? Yeah, I would hope so. I would hope so. That they bring back hard mode, yeah. Barrett uh, says, Should the focus be on the boss being an active threat that players react to similar to Insurrection? A boss with a variety of attacks the party must adjust to dodge or do a mechanic to survive. Uh, should we also remove DPS phases and be a DPS test throughout the fight while juggling survival? Um, I think Insurrection Prime is a great fight. I think it's probably one of the best fights in all of Destiny because of the layers and what you have to do. He's not a big dumb prop. He moves around. You have to take his shield down. He has a variety of attacks you have to mitigate. Somebody's reading maps. Somebody's managing him and the, and, and the snipers. Then you got guys on Berserker team. I think Insurrection Prime is probably the best fight they've ever made until Prophecy came out. Prophecy's pretty good too. Those are probably the two best boss fights in Destiny 2 with respect to asking the team to do a variety of things and DPS is a little bit more complex than stand in a well and bake. Now, a hard mode Insurrection Prime that was more prone to two phases instead of everybody just one phases him now because of the you use the polarity. Um... That's, again, where I think a hard mode would let something like that really, really uh, flourish. Um, Do you know? $5 from Buffalo. Last one, brother. Imagine D3 releases in 2024 with all the content from D2 and D1 without the DCV. My goodness. I mean, I don't know. They said they have no plans to make it right now, so that would be crazy good. Thank you for the five spot. Um... So, I I think Insurrection Prime is where they need to take inspiration from with respect to different roles uh, and a a boss that kind of moves around and does different things. And don't be afraid to do a hard mode where the health pool is really high and it's almost impossible to do a one phase. You know, really challenge the you know the redeem boys to come up with a solution to one phase, so almost nobody can do it. Um, do you remember one phasing war priest? It was kind of tough to do. Hard mode war priest was tough to one phase, 
and then all it took was they messed with the ammo economy of snipers and we couldn't do it anymore it was harder because we were using the spindle and we suddenly couldn't do it because they fiddled with the ammo economy and we went in with less ammo reserves and so suddenly I didn't have an- we didn't have enough to one phase him that's how delicate one phasing war priest was on hard mode it was pretty delicate it wasn't like yeah one phase gone next one phase gone next one phase gone next why is that it was hard mode he had more health you know death blood the prophecy boss actively encouraged players to leave their safety zone and play something else uh, other than well of radiance do you think that a similar force should be to make the player move in the future we yeah, we've kind of went round and round on this already i i think well of radiance is just gonna continue to cause bungie to feel like they have to build up encounters with well in mind that is passive admittance that well of radiance is too strong well of radiance is so strong that we're already seeing indications in boss design they're designing bosses with well of radiance in their mind they're not designing boss fights because around celestial or tether or you know tickle fingers or code of the missile none of these other supers have entire boss encounters being designed around them only well now you might say titan bubble but again titan bubble at least you got to step out and then you're you're vulnerable to damage so you'd have to move around a bit. So, yeah, we've already kind of went round and round on this, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend too much time here. Uh, Andrew Carrera, pseudo question, but do you think the scale of the game is impacting boss fight styles? Uh, in D1, most boss fights rooms were a lot smaller, like Omnigol, Archon, Sepix, Tanix, Alakul. Um. I mean, I don't know. It, it it could be having an impact, but I don't necessarily think I don't necessarily think that the size of the room is really the problem. When you think about boss fights in general, I don't think it's the size of the room. Also, Insurrection Prime is like a Call of Duty map. It's 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 big. It's more like a battlefield map. It's like a small battlefield map. It's big. It's a big area. Big enough to get your spare out and drive around in. So I don't think so. I think we have proof in this game that, I mean, look at Riven for crying out loud. That's got to be one of the biggest areas ever for a boss fight. It's enormous. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think, I think you have, I think you have evidence in Destiny 2 that they're not being held back by, by, by Tiger with respect to scale and size of environments. Both Riven and Insurrection Prime are huge, huge areas. So, I, you know, some encounters are small, but there's clearly some just gigantic spaces that they've created. So, without cheese, I believe Riven is the hardest fight. 100%. 100%. You could just argue mathematical complexity. Don't go into preference. Don't go into opinion. Just argue mathematical complexity, propensity to fail, you know, like fail rate probabilities, you could do all of that and you'd probably conclude mathematically from science, Riven is the hardest fight they've ever made. <laughs> it's it's nuts what you have to do. So many things can go wrong. You can, you can make a logical, non-opinion-based argument that like Riven is the hardest fight that they've ever put in the game. <laughs> it's nuts. 
you know? So, I, it's a shame. It's just, it's such a shame. Oh, Golgoroth was really complex, too. When they added Unstable Light, oh my gosh. Rotation method in there would have been so fun with Unstable to, like, shake things up. But, dadgummit, it just one-puddled it up, you know? Riven legit's one of the best boss encounters ever in Destiny. I agree with that. It's a work of art. It really is. It's a work of art. In scope, in size, in in what we're doing, like the, you know, in everything that they 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 led to that moment. Oh, it's it's absolutely wonderful. The team that built that should be so proud. It's just such a shame that they <laughs> we go in and just beat the snot out of it and nobody does it legit. Robert Duty, a brand new member today, using that membership to submit a question. In terms of strike bosses, Inverted Spire is one of the best designs, and all it does is change location and gun. Do you think simply more mobile fights would help? I mean, yeah, I, I do. This is this is where I think it's okay that because I was just thinking we go in and bake him on normal strikes, but that's okay. We don't get to the second and third phase. In relation to the question. It was a boss from the beta, so a good boss has always been available, and other than our our high DPS, the boss has three distinct non-well phases. See, I think this harkens back to what Necro brought up. Literally having phases of the fight, he should have three weapons, three shields. So what you do is when you take down the void weapon and shield, that part of him gets knocked off, and he transmats down so it doesn't feel like this cheesy immunity phase it's like no you did the void phase now it's time for the solar phase and the ground gets on fire because fighting down in that area with all the vex milk is a super dope strike fight it's awesome the first time i played that i was like dude this is great this is such a good evolution for destiny and no one ever experiences it now So I think that's the answer. There's a nice happy middle ground. Get rid of immunity phases and just do actual, you know, mechanical phases. So no one feels like, oh, I just wasted my my thing. He went immune. It's like, no. Boom, you blast off that weapon, transforms, he drops. You know? I think that was the first nightfall with those blue things we had to shoot for time was rough was it i don't remember that oh my gosh i remember that yes you had to find them what was that was why did they do that why are we doing that you had to like find them and shoot them and you got time from them what was that for <laughs> i'm i'm forgetting all about that um i yeah i love that fight too the anomalies. Yeah, you had to find the anomalies. That's what the old nightfalls were to add time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the game has gone through so many changes, dude. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Ahmed. Boss fights in Destiny have uh, an identity problem. We never have boss fights, we only satisfy a mechanic. Do you think we create boss fights that we fight him only with all of our supers and abilities would take time as better? Well, 
the thing is is that you have to have a spectrum of content here I should be able to go fight a strike boss and just have fun and just bake the snot out of him alright that's fine I think that's fine um you know but I don't think I don't think you can like you, you so here's what we always have to be careful of and Avenger was not arguing for this when he said you know do you think that they're uh they're using the prophecy dungeons like they're gonna start to make more bosses like this and I said yep but probably only in dungeons and raids I don't think you're gonna see strike bosses looking like the prophecy dungeon I don't think so I that this doesn't make that's that's too complex you know now if we really analyze, do you remember when I forget where this was? It might have been in the director's cut where Luke Smith said they always had people playtest Halo at a difficulty that was slightly harder than normal or easy because they got to see all of the enemy animations and it felt like the combat was more you know, more beefy and the satisfaction of the player went up because they felt like they really defeated a threat. Sometimes I wonder if we're missing out on fights lasting longer, like the arms dealer fight. He goes up on the little towers, and Savathun warps around, and then well, not Savathun, but the, the Savathun strike, and then it goes up into the middle, and you got to grab the ball and slam it, and and permit you know the Pyramidian goes into all the little barrier areas. Um, I feel like sometimes we are missing out on the other phases. You know, Shield Brothers you knew roughly how long the fight was always going to last um because it was just like they hit up they hit a spot and then they go back yo it's good latin marksman they hit a spot and they go back and then another one comes out i don't think we ever got tilted at that we were like dude these stupid immunity phases no we're like no there's, there's phases to the fight there's phases to the fight so you can I think I think you can I think you can pull that back. I think you can pull that back into strikes a little bit more, but I don't think you can suddenly have like strike boss fights that are mega complex. That's not what they're there for. Everything has to kind of like know its role and its identity, and I feel like this is why Grandmaster Nightfalls don't work very well. Right? Thank you, William Duncan. Yeah, we're aware of it. We're, we're gonna co-stream it. Gamescom allows for co-streaming. Um you know, it, it just the Grandmaster Nightfalls don't work because the boss fights are not designed to be super tough. They're not. They're meant to be basic. They're meant to be do this, stand here, kill this, that's it. And then you you try to turn it into a really, really hard fight. Tr- like, reverse that. Try to go to a raid boss fight and simplify it and turn it into a strike boss fight. It wouldn't work. It would be stupid. You'd be like, wait, what? I'll give you an example. Golgoroth one puddle strat. Think about it. It's just a strike boss at that point. You kill some ads, everyone goes into a spot, steps in a bubble, and then stands there and just just obliterates him. So basically at that point, Golgoroth is a strike boss. It's like there's you're not doing anything complex. It's not difficult or tough. Strikes need to be a pleasant farm, easily completed with matchmaking. Right now, the loot part's missing. Exactly. I think you always have to attack the right thing that's missing. Strikes don't need to be mega complex. They need a good loot incentive. Why am I going into the playlist? Crucible needs the same thing, right? 
It's the same reason Seraph Towers sucked, because they were too hard for core content. Making strike mechanics difficult uh, wouldn't be smart. Right. It, we, yeah. Yeah. And listen, I don't think Ahmed's saying that. He's saying, you know, boss fights have an identity problem. We never have boss fights. We only satisfy a mechanic. Do we need to create boss fights where we fight him only with our supers and abilities to make them better or whatever? I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can go down this road. And I definitely don't think you want to go down this road in strikes. You could do unique boss fights where maybe we just keep getting our supers and use our supers, kind of like plate slamming an axis. But you got to be really, really careful. You don't want to take the first-person shooter out of the first-person shooter. Hitman. I know I enjoyed using the shield in Vogue or Sword and Crota. Do you think that they need to get back to some of the more precise roles and quit trying to cram as many mechanics as they can into boss fights? Vogue had a perfect balance, in my opinion. This is why the Insurrection Prime fight is so good. Map reading is kind of boring, but if you're a good map reader, it makes the fight go really smooth. If you're good at sniping and taking out his shields and stopping the boss, you know, in the middle of his attacks, if you're good at berserker busting, like, that's that's probably one of the reasons it's such a good fight. Non-cheese Riven is kind of that way. Everybody kind of has to do specific things. Now, nobody's carrying a sword or a relic, but again, it's, it's, you're, you have role assignments. So I do. I think we're missing role assignments. We've talked about this for a very long time. This all touches down on the on the 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 philosophy of raids in D2 that I think has just been bad. Everybody has to be alive. You know, everybody has to do their part. It's a freaking it's a freaking baton pass. Every encounter feels like totems with a DPS phase. I'll say that again. Almost every raid encounter feels like totems with a DPS phase. It's just a bunch of relay races. All of Leviathan. Well, Leviathan doesn't even have DPS phases. Leviathan's a game show with a robot at the end of it. And then all of the other encounters, it's like, it's just a baton pass. You do this, then I do this. You do this, then I do this. Trade spots, trade spots. Let's do damage. Crown every every encounter in last wish basically that's why i think people really really like uh the the vault in riv in, in last wish because it's not a bunch of it's not a oh and shuro chi is a great one too i think shuro chi is one of the better i always forget about shuro chi something in there's something good about that the intensity the moving forward the chaining supers the we got to stop and puzzle solve all of a sudden like i don't know i think shuro chi's got a good a good thing going too I know people just use it for bounties, but Shrochi's a good fight. Think about think about uh, Ka- is it Cali the first encounter? What do you do? You go. Everybody does their thing that they're supposed to do, and then come and bake, come and do damage. You know, and the the the, the totem the totem influence, and that everybody does their part. And now it's time for DPS. Just the challenge is balls, though. Yeah, the challenge is stupid. No, YouTube doesn't see the Discord chat unless they're in both places. Oh no, really forgot Shirochi. How many times did we mention it? <laughs> uh, you know, if you break down, if you break down so many of the raids, I mean, Garden, Morgeth, it's like everybody does kind of the same thing, and then all of a sudden it's time for damage. He goes and crown. But you see what I'm saying? Even Garden of Salvation is a lot of everybody doing the same thing and then everybody come to do come do damage. 
they kind of mix it up on the harpy and they kind of mix it up in the final fight but it's it's generally everybody being required to do very similar samey things and then you all come together for damage it's just a little too much of that totems everybody has to stay alive it's it's i think it's too influenced by that ashen in uh is Destiny 2's community smart enough to have additional mechanics thrown at them for things like strikes? Not immunity, but maybe area changes. The boss doing attacks, and that lights up the floor. Yeah, I think they could go somewhat down this line. We just talked about this. Like, having a boss with different phases. Like, if you had to fight every phase of the inverted spire, that's fine. That's not going to mess people up. I don't think so. And again, don't do it through immunity phases. Just do actual phases to boss fights. Now, I don't think Bungie needs to go back and like retroactively go and change all these strikes. I just think going forward, going forward, yes, you just, cool, you satisfied that part. Now the boss is going over here or now the boss is going here and coming back out and he looks different. Like they did with Shield Brothers. There was two of them, you know. Shield Brothers got pretty saucy. It was a pretty fun fight. It, got, it, it could get pretty intense with the right burns. I think solar, I think it might have been solar burn that made that room kind of tough. I think because everything had everything had solar, and I think there didn't one of them like launch a mortar that was solar. Yeah, I think there's a hundred percent there is room for them to decide to say we're not going to use immunity like the fanatic, but we're going to have you satisfy something, do something, and then the boss goes to another phase. Ryro says do you think that part of the problem with well of radiance is that the boss becomes a target dummy during the damage phases what do the boss actually use attacks during damage like insurrection primes missile attacks well insurrection primes missile attacks do you mean are you talking about the guy in spire of stars missile attacks I think that's what you, I think that's what you mean um, Insurrection Prime does missile attacks, but they're not during damage. I think the Spire of Stars boss is the one that like shoots at you during damage phase. Um, I like that. I like that idea of having the boss doing something during DPS that somebody has to kind of like deal with. Um, I liked Morgeth. Morgeth was cool. It was like he's gonna blow you got to go up and hit him with this mechanic to keep him from blowing up. But in walks, in walks whisper of the worm and it's kind of over, <laughs> you know, this again, this again is why you need a hard mode, man, a hard mode where you almost assuredly are going to go to a second phase and you got to go stun him to keep him from blowing up. I thought the Morgeth fight had a really cool idea. It was just like another Golgoroth. It was like, yeah, here's another room with, you know, a, a, a new a new mechanic, and uh, nobody interacts with it because you just stand in a well and whisper him to death. One boss raid are the only ones where they fight back on the encounter. Yeah, I I would love to see more of that. You know, the missile barrages inspire. I mean, that's that's pretty cool, especially. I always felt like it was kind of cheesy, like it needed to be a little bit more mitigatable. I think people just got sick of it, so they went to like bake strats or hide strats. I think it should have been a little bit more mitigatable. It was hard to shoot the missiles down. Um, although I, I I don't know if, if if more people have to shoot them down, it kind of it kind of messes with DPS. Sometimes I wonder if 
that's why the missile barrage became such a frustration is people were just stubbornly like not wanting to stop shooting the boss to shoot the missile barrages and they would just not do it and you have like one or two people trying and it's just not enough and then everybody dies I think people are just too they're just too dead set and too stubborn like a bunch of DPS mules they're just stubborn and digging their heels and it's like if we all just stop and shoot the missiles we'll be fine and nobody wants to um people claim they want challenge but then when it happens they get upset yes and no sometimes yes and no because I did I do feel like I complained about Atheon challenge initially and then I and I grew to love it you know sometimes I wonder if that's the problem if players would just lean in and try it then they would say oh I actually like this like the more I ran the Atheon challenge the more I liked it and initially I didn't like it I thought oh, this is too chaotic I'm not a fan of this and then it, I, it converted me and I be, it became my favorite out of all the challenges it was my I enjoy the Atheon challenge more than the Axis challenge and you guys know I'm a fanboy I'm a Wrath of the Machine fanboy and I actually thought Atheon's challenge was better than Axis challenge they want a challenge but they refuse to turn off uh, monkey brain I mean <sighs> here's something that I think happens too is if there's not a strong incentive Age of Triumph Age of Triumph I think people enjoyed it because there was a reward attached to it a very clear reward and there's not a reward attached to shooting down the missile barrages in Spire maybe that's the breakdown is that that might be the breakdown is you've got to attach a, an actual tangible reward to it and then people will say oh I'll do that that sounds awesome you know maybe that's the trick because Age of Triumph I, I don't know I feel like people embrace those difficulties and challenges because there was rewards attached Some reason, same reason people go in I want more mechanics but also go doing Riven's mechanics is boring too hard or tedious yeah, I think even hardcore raiders are... I think hardcore raiders in the community, even some of the ones that are outspoken and stream, I think sometimes they can be unintentionally hypocritical. Oh, Destiny's too easy. Destiny's too easy. They never make anything hard. And then they don't... They don't ever do Riven legit, you know? Sometimes I wonder if it's not intentional. Like, I don't think it's like a malicious form of hip, like hypocrisy. Because um, we all know what that looks like. <laughs> but it's more like it's it's more of a it's more subversive it's not like it's not like, it's not like a malicious form of hypocrisy it's just like yeah I, I want more of a challenge but then they'll because of the way their brain is wired they try and skirt around every challenge there is try to try to find you know shortcuts every everywhere that they can which I don't think is like a problem I don't think it's a problem People want to cheese, but at the same time, they want the mechanics to be hard. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's like, make it harder, Bungie. This game's too easy, and then their content's full of them never actually doing the mechanics. Now, to be fair, a lot of these guys solo and low-man and, and low stuff, and it's really insane, and it's really tough. But I also think they tend to, they tend to try to avoid, or I guarantee you, you know... I guarantee you they, they 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 don't like fights like Oryx because they can't do that. They can't do that low man shine. 
that low man challenge. It's we all have to do this and then that's how we win. When certain streamers cry about exploiting and then they go and encourage exploiting other aspects of the game. Yeah, I mean it's hard it's hard to be consistent, I think, in general, when this kind of stuff comes up. There are people that think, you know, exploits and cheeses are wrong, and then there are other people who like that's literally their content. Um Unless you play self-res warlock, then you can solo oryx. Yeah, it's true. That to me though is just different, you know. I've never been make it harder player. Just make it fun and worth my time. If it's hard, if harder is fun, I'm in. Don't bust my balls for junk loot. Yeah, I just see a big, big, happy, dovetailed marriage, like everything coming together with a normal mode, hard mode, and then. And then actually having a loot incentive attached to the hard mode and the challenges. A real, true loot incentive. I don't know. That, to me, is the way forward. Well, that was a great Q&A. If you're here live, don't go anywhere. We're going to transition to VIP call-ins. If you've never been here before, or you just finally discovered that I've been streaming over here for a while, click subscribe and the bell button. That is totally free to click subscribe and the bell button. Also, with this many people here... We always love to see the like count go up, so be sure to smash the like button. If you're listening to this on Spotify or iTunes or Google Play, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a VIP call-in session that followed my talk about boss fight design. If you're listening to this on Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, or any podcast platform, you can always find it as a podcast under SNTR Presents, and you can support it directly at SNTRPresents.com. That'll take you to the Patreon. If you'd rather watch me live, you can go to SayNoToRage.com to go to the live channel. Click the Join button to support me directly, or just hit Subscribe and the Bell button. That's free and supports me a whole lot. Uh, We have a first-time caller. We've had a lot of back and forth with him before. He's a good dude, even though he has... He can be a little cantankerous. That's a big word. Necro, you're live. What do you want to talk about today? I just called you cantankerous. What a great kickoff. You're going to have to unmute yourself. He said, frick you. Come on, unmute. Talk to me. Wait, did I have to unserver? No, yeah, you're unmuted. You have to click your own unmute button. Did he step away? He was just typing. I'm not hearing him. Now I'm vamping. I'm good. Oh, there you go. Go ahead. Sorry. It's uh, mobile, so I'm on my cell phone. Yes, I will put the RAM for you. Okay. Hello, hello, everyone. So I wanted to just bounce off of what we were talking about. The engagements with bosses. I noticed like now you are playing Diablo 3 and I'm I'm thinking you're going to start talking about, oh, well, Blizzard does some things this way. And like, it's just like, I would believe that they're more like fundamental, like core ideas that we can implement into Destiny. Like, mm-hmm. for example, like if you remember the boss fight uh the lord of lies uh what's his face's name when you do enough damage you'll start throwing like rocks down into the field or and okay. like restricting your movement uh-huh. or you'll have like a pool and you know you'll start saying oh crap i can't just stand here and just spam my attack button like and then although they're both different games how do you quantify that in a 3d scape because it's a shooter so yeah. It would a 3D game coming like from your top-down Zelda game to Ocarina of Time. You have your boss engagements, 
they you have to understand the environment around you you have to remember what's around you even if you don't see it and then mm-hmm. that's like a dynamic relationship that they should have with bosses like and you know doing enough damage you got an immunity phase i'd say hey instead of that immunity phase crap why don't we make it a cutscene? the guy staggers back and he's like maybe it's a fallen boss and he's got like a control panel behind him he smacks it with his fist some doors open you see a bunch of guys come out and then he escapes and maybe he comes back later after a certain amount of time and he's in a big robot suit and it's a new cutscene something like that instead of just a plain old oh it's an immunity phase now i gotta wait and just like not die and then just keep shooting right after and it just feels like a big bullet sponge event yeah. yeah, I think there's room for that in strikes. We even said with uh, inverted spire, like you would shoot off the gun and then it would go to its next phase and drop down. It wouldn't be an immunity phase. It would be its own phase of the fight. And, you know, the the boss in Diablo that you said you do so much damage, he does a certain thing. I think you can contextualize that. I think you can take ideas like that and say, let's take the principle and contextualize it in a shooter. I think it gets harder because... If you try to contextualize elements of like Sekiro's combat in here, it would be t- it would be more challenging because we we don't have the ability to counter or to parry or to we don't have very good lateral agility. This is one of my major critiques of Grandmaster Nightfalls, right? We don't have the ability to block parry or get away from all the incoming damage and the gameplay tends to break down. So, you'd have to contextualize it in our experience as a guardian and what we can and can't do and so i like the idea of phases of a little scene um because we talked about you know the arms dealer he goes and gets on these little towers and all these things happen and we never see that because we just bake them and then the and then the, the 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 inverse of that is the fanatic that just constantly goes immune and you're irritated um exodus crash used to be the most annoying fight in the game and then fanatic came in and said hold my beer like way worse way more frustrating and I think there's a happy middle ground. I think strikes could have phases, not complex mechanics, but phases. So there's an opportunity to bake. There's an opportunity to finesse, but it's not always a two second fight. Also, you don't elongate the fight, you know, arbitrarily or, or mechanically with just some immunity, as you said. And then you could even have, you know, many enrages in, in raids. If you do a ton of damage and it's a two-phase fight or whatever and you do you do you know 50% of the damage you know what you're signing up for like the boss is going to be more angry and he's going to shoot at you more and not this isn't really like it but if you remember the challenge for Vosik it was an endurance challenge you actually if you wanted to complete the challenge you couldn't bake him you needed to do all the rooms uh, which meant you couldn't bake him and so that was an idea that they had that I thought was pretty smart. It was like, oh, suddenly I'm incentivized to not bake the boss, and you could do that with something like boulders coming down from the sky because you did too much damage. Not that you're being punished, but you're you're provoking you're provoking the boss, and it's it, at that point then it's risk reward. We're gonna risk doing more damage but the reward is the fight goes faster or maybe there's a mechanic in the room like plate slamming where you're going to risk doing plate slamming and mess the fight up but the reward is more supers more damage um so i think if you're going to start to iterate on mechanics and raids go down the risk reward angle 
And if you're going to iterate on strike bosses, go down the phases of the fight angle. I think these two are kind of separate as ideas and as their implementation would feel. We don't necessarily need phases to, to raid boss fights. We kind of already have them. I, I do think hard raids could come in and not force the issue, but almost assuredly make one phasing impossible, because I think that's one of the things that is hurting raids and making them feel just super transactional, is everybody just goes for the one phase, and that was more rare for fights in D1. Um, even a really good team had struggled, might struggle to one phase War Priest or Axis, because you're in hard mode and they just, they have more health. Um, if that makes sense how I'm splicing it, like taking those two ideas mm-hmm. and kind of separating them. No, it definitely does. Um, one thing I wish to add to that, this may be, this is, as you say, me turning up the dials, as it were. I want gameplay and story immersion. There's a way they can deliver the content with story, just like in Season of Dawn, make you feel like you're doing something. Because mm-hmm. this is what contextualizes the raid boss. Like, when you played um, Curse of Osiris, who the hell was not Chris? Honestly. Right. he's just a strike boss you just smacked him in the face and then all of a sudden there's just this big worm guy and then you took him out and you find out he's a worm god he's the weakest of them but like how powerful is he supposed to really be they didn't really build him up you only found out who nakris was if in fact you used your ghost in the uh the dreadnought and you notice that that was he was just mentioned by name but or you can take the path of season of dawn where you know step by step you are making a difference like getting going back in time and saving saint 14 and even when you get to that end part everybody in the room raise your hand if you're listening you wanted to stay there when he said oh killing a few more vex that's fine like who did who didn't want to stay honestly i wanted to go in there and just fight for like a few hundred years just killing vex and they just like port you out and it made you want that more that's why like i guess i have a special connection with saint but we can do that too with zavala ikora well, let's have a moment with uh eris morn mm-hmm. you know and, and like uh what's the new what's the new baddie that's coming out aramis we yeah. don't know who she is unless you've read the lore but like let's put some of that in the game have some dialogue talking you know while you're doing a strike Look at the environments. Slow down. This is what would make... This is what puts the meat on to the final boss. Instead of, like, face-rolling content and then having a really good engaging fight. Like, that's great. But what about the before? There you talk about reinvigorating content. It's going to fall flat on its face a lot faster if there's no story emerge. The, the yeah. thing... It's hard to kind of do this because it's a shooting game. You mm-hmm. play games like Ocarina of Time. You want to go to Kakariko Village, you need to go all the way back over to Hyrule Castle, and you have to get a piece of paper to tell the guard to lower down the gate. Or you could just go through the gate. Like, page turns are tough in games. It's stopping your forward motion in a shooting game. Yeah. But I believe they've done it before. They can do it again. So that, to me, like, when I'm going to redo the content to look for that loot, at least the story is engaging it's fun to hear and it just i guess it mediates the, the pain point of having to do that same strike again that same mm-hmm. raid again because the story was interesting that's the kind of that's like really the context behind where i'm on discord saying oh things should be more like this game yeah that's what i mean <laughs> 
Right, and I think I've always thought there's room for that. I remember when we were going through King's Fall, we thought, man, little cutscenes to introduce them and have the ghost do like a little narration explaining who the war priest is would have been excellent. It's like you don't have to do a big cinematic, animated, get all the voice actors involved. Like literally, just get the ghost to read a couple lore lines about, you know, the the war priests and then Golgoroth and the sisters because it would have obviously been something you skip on subsequent runs like you don't want to watch it every time but they you know and they they were close to this in prison of elders you know kexis the betrayer and then they have this big thing opening up you're like oh cool and it would have been cool to have a little backstory given to them like who are they and what are they doing and this is why uh this is why i've always thought they can take the lore and elements of it and pepper it in and not suddenly disrupt what we're doing I'm sorry Psylocke the Defiled uh, and it was Kexis the Betrayer wasn't it um, something like that yeah so I, I definitely think there's always room for it to be seasoned you know like like a seasoning just kind of seasoned throughout the content because you don't want um, to have something be you know feel forced or play flow disrupting or or even unnecessary but i think there's definitely room for this i mean we had no idea who axis was i still think that was one of their biggest fumbles was the 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 final wrath of the machine boss should have been an iron lord not a random archon priest who was who wasn't even fallen anymore he was more siva than fallen like that's actually in the game you don't get a fallen a bonus on him from the outbreak because he's not fallen anymore so it's like i I wonder, I wonder if sometimes, though, the, the team working on a raid or the team working on that stuff is somewhat disconnected from the, the, the writers and the lore, and it'd be cool to have them kind of come together and have little call sessions and Zoom sessions on what could we add, you lore writers, we're doing this thing with Aramis, what could we do throughout to really emphasize who she is and build up to this moment so it doesn't feel like here's some cutscenes with the main cast and then all of a sudden we're fighting some big dumb baddie at the end that doesn't matter I thought the, I thought the crescendo in Forsaken was excellent with with Aldrin and then with, with Riven I thought all of that was actually very well done it kind of took me back to caring about killing Oryx in a similar vein the threat and the antagonist was clear and present the whole time and that's I think always reinforced with some of the stuff you're talking about yeah, with Forsaken, even when you talked about the, the other that helped to have a hand in killing Kate, I thought I was playing Mega Man. I have eight bosses now, and I'm going to take them out in any order that I want. And I'm like, oh, yeah. oh my god. And I love when like the bomber talks to you. Like Half of them didn't say anything. And it's mm. like, like the I think the biker? I was like, okay, it's just some dude in a vehicle, and you blow him up with a tank. Alright, whatever. But the bomber, it's like, oh, he like he he like pulls at your heartstrings. He's making fun of you because you just lost your friend. He's like, ha ha, you know, he's dead. Come over and find me, like that. Yeah. It just the conveyance. It's like that's what you do. Yeah. They got they got the story beats right in Forsaken. It felt like a western. The playing card scene is probably one of the best scenes in Destiny Two, where the spider's talking about all of them. Um, that sequence is it's well written the it's thematically so dope and so strong and then you know but then they it all falls flat when they didn't use the barons they didn't use the barons fight each baron should have had a unique drop and should have been a grindable daily 
uh, adventure. That's what they should like. There's a couple of drops that can drop for them, but I think they each should have had a drop. You know, the Mad Bomber should have had something explosive, and the guy on the Sparrow could have had a really cool Sparrow. Like they shouldn't have had unique drops that were grindable as like a daily targeted item. That's where sometimes it's like, wow, they they got a guy on third base. What a what a what a rocket! Almost out of the park. The Barons, the story, boom! You get a guy on third base, and then they just leave him hanging there. They just struck out after that. They didn't utilize that player on base at all. They just the Baron fights and those adventures just kind of fell. And I was like, those are some of the best fights in Destiny. I loved them. They were great. The Hangman fight, the Sniper fight, like they were really good. And we never go back to those environments. We never go back to those areas. It just feels like a lot of wasted capital. And I would love for them to sort that out in year four. Tell great story, but then utilize those characters' fights and environments as good loops. Because I always feel like we get one or the other. Some of the best content loops have like no story attached to them at all. And they're dry story-wise, but it's a great content loop. Or you have great story beats, great storytelling, and then there's no loop attached to it. It's like, these things need to come together in the middle and have a happier marriage. More people would take an interest in... More people would take an interest in the story. More people would take an interest uh, in in what's going on, as opposed to making it feel so... It just feels so juxtaposed. Like, the two sides of the game are almost against each other. It's like, we either get great story or, or a content loop. We can't... It's like, we rarely seem to get both right man that that also to another point I, yes the, you get on third base but look at what we did from the beginning the character development the story immersion with the gameplay the last bit is the loot once you get the loot you know it's cool you get the god rolls but now when you look back as a player what do you fall back on a fun engaging story even if you got that helmet or that explosive gun for the 30th time that's what that's what keeps destiny alive the replayability and then you know maybe like it's it's, uh like two years down the road luke smith says oh new loot pool or hey now we're going to give them new mechanics or something like that oh the relationship still it's just super important when when i hear people say oh i just play the game just for loot i understand it's a loot based game I didn't, I, you still, once you get it, now you have it, what do you, the game? Really nothing. The, the, the game, the, the story just dies off. You don't want to do any of the activities too much. You're just going to try to take it, the gun into PvP and just pull in the face. I, I mean, what about everything else before you got the god roll? That was when you were happy, when you were playing the game. Now when you reach the end, you don't even want to do anything. And well, that is a problem. This is why we're going to boot up Diablo 3 today after VIP, and I'm going to show people how they've mastered Endgame, because I sense purpose in my grind always, because I can always rank, I can always go up in difficulty, I can always go up and make it harder, and then get better stuff, and then be stronger, and then move this rank, and move this number, that's that's like ever-present before me, and then they reset it all after the season is over, and I'm like... Destiny should be doing that. Why are we ranking? Why are we not ranking up NPCs? Why are you not giving us endgame content that has difficulty spectrum? So I do have a reason to get all the dope loot from the raid because there's a hard mode on the horizon, and then the hard mode would maybe be in Destiny's in Destiny's circle. We might not be able to do the endless difficulty spectrum 
it's not endless, but Diablo is pretty dadgum close. Outriders is looking to do a very similar thing with their world tiers, just like forever difficulty just keeps going. Destiny might not have that elasticity and that flexibility, but at the very least, the present loot grind could be attached to a hard mode or a challenge coming, and then the hard mode and the challenge could be more cosmetically driven, but then you have the trophy from the hard work and the guns that made the hard work easier. Like, I, I think that there could be a good interplay there. I don't know if you could contextualize, you know, 10 world tiers of difficulty into Destiny. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know if they could get away with that. I think the games that have done that well um, are very few and far between. Diablo probably being the best example of a game that gets the seasonal, ever-present, always-go-up grind, and then they do, uh, they do, like, the tier, like, the, it's, it's not a, it's not a world tier, but in essence, it is a world tier. You're, you're making the the world level difficulty. Yeah, the torment difficulties, exactly. Like, I don't know, they, everybody that wants to make a game like this needs to be looking at that game and attempting to take inspiration and ideas and contextualize them in their game. We don't copy pasta everything from Diablo, but man, they're, they're, they're getting it right. In 10 minutes, in 10 minutes, I was in and grinding and enjoying that endgame game of Diablo 3 with my wife. Just boom, we were in there. We, you know, Obviously, it was easier for us because we're familiar with the game we played it before. But again, seasonally, people are going to come back and have those similar desires to just jump in endgame circles and loops. And Bungie's got to figure out how to get it so it isn't so... It just all feels very like separated and compartmentalized, and loot hierarchy could potentially bring that. But I don't think loot hierarchy works without a difficulty spectrum. I don't think it works. I think it's just going to be raids and raids and flawless trials for the best gear, and that's kind of it. It's just going to feel very much like like black and white. Like go down here and run seasonal content or 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 core content for basic stuff, basic loot, loot you're accustomed to, or boom, flip the switch go to raids or flawless trials for standout gear and I don't I, I don't I feel like difficulty spectrum would would pair better with their attempt to create true hierarchies within the loot don't forget about the crafting though <laughs> oh, you frick <laughs> I <laughs> All right. to mention it I know people were there genuinely <laughs> I'm kicking you off the show for bringing it up no seriously it's been 20 minutes good call though good first call in man thanks for calling in May I just do a quick shout out to my my clan in D2? They are watching. All yeah, right, quick shout out to GPS, ne- Nexus, Pyro, Richard, Black. I love you guys. You know, we're doing a lot of good stuff in the clan. I will be playing more in November. We're going to just raid on the weekends, but that's it, man. Going to just do the, the, just the housekeeping stuff. Love you guys. Thank you, Lono. It was a great 20 minutes. Love talking to you guys. All right, man. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. I am going to come to... Um, I love that he did that, by the way. Like, that's cool to have clanmates that, like, you want to shout out. That's cool that you got, like, you got some buds you wanted to shout out. That's dope. Um, I'm coming up to you, Doge. What do you want to talk about today, sir? Uh, so I'm to bring up, like, the world thing again. Because, like, uh, like uh, you put that to mention, like, one thing about the world and... And that's how, like, the world can, uh, like, counts as a super, and that's, like, really problematic for, like, some bosses. Uh, like, uh, the, uh, Phalanx boss in, like, the Prophecy, or, like, the Ogre boss in 
escalation protocol that only takes damage from like uh his back. So what so what does is like it literally just does through like the barrier, like uh the phalanx barrier and the ogre's like immunity on his body. Yeah. And I think like that's like very pragmatic because like it can limit like uh like some like a lot of boss by potential where like only certain parts like are immune and you can only damage like some boss on like uh, a certain like side or something like that. Yeah, I think they can overbake the cake a little bit and make it to where it the path of solution is so narrow and maybe even too obvious. It's like, yeah, everybody get out your whispers, stand in a well and shoot this one particular spot over and over again. You know, Golgoroth, Morgeth, Insurrection Prime would be examples of this. But I think where Insurrection Prime starts to stand out is generally speaking, asking us to shoot a small target, which is essentially a crit spot, whether it's somebody's head, you know, or stomach or something. I I think they're going to ask us to do that generally no matter what. I don't think it's avoidable. There's going to be spots on their body that are immune or that you're not supposed to shoot or whatever during DPS. I think where Insurrection Prime gets it right, same way that Axis did, is you're, inter, you're interweaving mechanics into damage. So it's not so mindless. Just stand here and go crazy. Bam, 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 bam. Golgoroth getting shot in the stomach is the best example of a mindless DPS phase. It's just stupid. There's nothing, there's no thought involved at all. And so I think, thank you for the five spot, Mike on the mic. He says, feeling just like a radio show. Love it. Thank you. That was kind of the inspiration between VIP Collins. Um, so to me, it's like, they're going to generally ask you to do that. Shoot a crit spot. I mean, that's, that's, that's consistent. That's a constant in most of the boss fights, most of the raid boss fights, especially unless it's a sword for Crota or bombs at Oryx. It's generally shoot him in the crit. Uh, and I think the trick is to spice things up is what they do in the prophecy dungeon. We're shooting a crit spot. I mean, obviously we're doing anarchy, anarchy. You hit him with the two anarchies, hit him with oppressive darkness. And then I get out a sniper. Uh, you, I think you run mountaintop and, but I'm running the sniper. So I, I am definitely trying to move Bob weave, get around the mechanics, move, get up close to him and shoot him in the crit spot. And I actually think that's one of my favorite fights in destiny for that reason. I have to push myself to be better and, and use that sniper. Um, I actually want to jump back in there with the Ikelos sniper. I've been using the trophy hunter and now I got a really good Ikelos. So I think that's the inspiration or the, I guess we could say scaffolding, if that's sort of like the scaffolding to use to say, start making more fights look like this, where yes, there's a crit spot. Yes, there's a shoot him, shoot him in the face element, but there's more movement, more mechanics, more thought so a team that finesses that fight can feel proud because there's a big difference between when I go in there and one phase it with Doge. You guys know this is Doge calling and you've seen his DPS when we play. He's a monster, okay? There was a bi- there's a big, big difference between that and one phasing a boss like Crown where you just, just absolutely just dump grenades into his face. I just feel like there's a humongous difference between the two. And I just think it's that I try and have that picture of too many raids are satisfy the mechanics boom check that box now slide those mechanics over and it's time for boom dps phase they're so compartmentalized and separated that i think that's what leads to 
you know, the just shoot him in the crit spot. And I think you're right. I think sometimes they overbake the cake and it's like, well, the only way to, you know, shoot this guy is in this teeny little spot. And so everybody goes towards a, a whisper well strat because they're, they're, they're the solution super narrow, you know? Uh, like, uh, I think you that like the wrong idea. Like, like, uh, what I'm talking about how is how, like, uh, when you stand in the well, like, your uh, weapon counts as a super, so it can go through like certain immunities, like the goblin immunity, like uh, the failing shield, and the escalation protocol boss immunity. Like, uh, do you know like that boss in EP? How like uh, you can only damage him on the back, otherwise he doesn't take any damage, and you only hit immune. I didn't really. So you're saying well gets past that stuff? I didn't know that. Yeah. That's like it turns like your weapon into super, but it's really pragmatic since uh, World of Dawn doesn't do that. I mean, I think you're just adding more credence to the fact that Well of Radiance needs to be uh, looked at, but I don't think that's true. I don't think you can shoot through a you can shoot through a shield if you're in the well. Yeah, you can shoot through the failing shield, like if you're in a well. I, yeah, I, I did not know that. <laughs> I think that's just one more reason to say I think the entire super needs needs to be reevaluated. I would love to see them drop a patch note for November that says Well of Radiance has been completely retooled. I just I don't know. I think it's I think it's a busted super the more we look at it. Um I maybe I think that should be our talk tomorrow, is that Well of Radiance needs a nerf. It just I think it's I think it's hurting content long term it's probably hurting content innovation long term too uh, uh, and one and and uh, another thing about another, another thing about boss it's it's like like i would say like the best time to like introduce like new bosses is like in the seasonal content like the seasonal event in similar like in menagerie and sundial and i think that's why like year three type feels like that boring to me because like uh three of the season like the bosses are like just not that well thought out like uh the uh season of Woody was awful because the bosses was just champion that you can nuke down in like two shots yeah. and uh arrival was uh one of the bosses is like frustrating with blueberries like the knights the other boss you can mow down with a guillotine uh, and the other boss is, to, is basically uh, you uh, like uh, attack him and he does immune and then you go to the blight destroy and it's basically repeating the same thing mm-hmm. and in uh, Undying it was basically uh, just shoot his shield with like uh, cranium and then damage space well I think for things like that though I I think it's fine to have simple, straightforward mechanics for something like Vex Offensive. Uh, even Menagerie can get a little frustrating if you're in there with a group of, of blueberries because I think the, the, the mechanics get just complex enough to trip up the, the lead-footed dum-dums that I call them. You know, I say that with love in my heart, but there's just a lot of lead-footed dum-dums. They got lead feet. They just stand there and they just want to shoot everything and not really think. And you know, you gotta love these people. They love the game and they play all the time, but you get stuck with them in content, it can be really, really frustrating. And so I do think there's room to say, you know, Vex Offensive, Sundial, you know, the Tower Event and Contact Event need to be pretty straightforward. 
um, which is one of the issues I had with the tower event and I still have I actually still have issues with contact public event I know people love it they think it's great they think it's better uh, I still think it's a meat grinder that's not good for entry level content I just don't think that's how it should be um, and I know and I know I'm in the I'm in the minority on that but I think large large picture large zoom out picture principally the entry level content should be a lot more simple and a lot more digestible and then you make it more complex as you go up I think you leave room for difficulty spectrum if you do that if you thin out this is what I think they try to do I think they try and satisfy both types of players and that's when you end up with content that just seems odd like the tower event and I would even consider contact public event to be odd content it's like you're trying to satisfy both the people that just want to log in and play and not really think and you're also you're 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 also dealing with people that want things to be a little bit more complex have a little bit more nuance and dynamics and i think it ends up being um i think it ends up being bad for the content in the long run you're trying instead just say no we're going to have the entry point difficulty and then we're going to have it get harder as you go up you leave that room you're trying to jam you know mechanics and champions trying to jam that down into entry level content it's like you don't need to do that just do a normal and hard mode and then that could be one of the clear differences between the two so did you have anything else doge yeah and uh and and one of and i think one of the best bots right is like uh like like the menagerie bots like the minotaur like like I, I think what makes like the minotaur boss fight like fun is like you can't just stay in the same place like uh like if you stay in the same place like uh, like the minotaur's wall like would just instantly kill you so it like forces you to move uh but it's not like that disruptive yeah it's just it's it's like the it's like the prophecy boss throwing that wave thing at you that throws you back or the the cloud in the room you have to like move forward with him um i think they've got the right idea i just worry that too many bosses are going to turn into that like they're going to turn into this constant motion constant running shuro chi this that whatever we're always going to be feeling like we need to be on the run because that's the only way to put well of radiance in its place I think they'd. I think they'd give themselves a lot more breathing room in content if they just rehashed and reevaluated what Well of Radiance's role should be. Um, and you know, obviously, we'll get into that in the next video because I think we need to talk about it. All right, I'm gonna move on, Doge. Unless you had something else. Uh, no. Okay. Thanks for calling in, dude. Good talk as usual. Uh, I'm coming to you, Avenger. What do you have for me today, sir? Yeah, so um, talking about boss fights, to me, there are a few things that kind of stick out. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the reasons I was looking through your um, raid clears that we were talking about beforehand, you know, mm-hmm. you have, and you know, obviously, like you said, there's a difference between like the content style that you're doing now compared to what you were doing in D1, but it's still like the raids still aren't the same feeling there's a big design philosophy i feel like change between the two games and i feel like the philosophy behind the games also changed the philosophy behind the bosses and the raids itself mm. i feel like that and, and this is something that um I, I can't remember if it was a community manager or you know it was luke smith but they said you know all we're doing is you know putting out snipers and you know that's the only thing we're using like they want to make it so we could use swords more or use shotguns more 
but the design philosophy around the raids is very much against that unless an encounter is specifically made for that thing mm-hmm. and that's the same reason why you were talking about you know you don't want to design an encounter to completely counteract well you don't want to make an encounter to completely go against something as well as you don't to me i don't feel like you should make an encounter that should fully only crutch on one thing so i feel like the design philosophy at least for the raid bosses and um I, the dungeon bosses as of recently i do enjoy although you know pit of heresy i feel like was a little lackluster with its final boss i thought it was unique but it wasn't anything new it was just a ball slam mechanic um i feel like the core philosophy at least right now needs to follow suit more on the prophecy boss and more of what d1 stuff and how how much i hate d1 minus wrath how much i hate oryx the design philosophy for those bosses i feel like were more flushed out than what the ones we're getting now Hmm. yeah and yeah i I think i ran because we said the warlocks numbers got deleted i think it was close to 2000 raids in destiny one's lifetime and in a similar, this game's been out a similar amount of time now, and I'm at like 210 raids in Destiny 2. <laughs> like, so it's very different. It's not even, it's like, it's not even like a, a fourth or half. It's like it's way down there. It's, I'm doing way, way less. Um, and again, yes, that's related to content structure, but dude, I mean, if there is dope loot, you guys know me. I mean, look at what we did when we were grinding for the high stat rolls, when we wanted that certain role in the Icolos. I was in that dungeon all day. Just go, 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 go. And you would see a similar thing. You may see a similar thing come November. If the raid is dope and the loot is dope, if the grind is dope, like, don't limit me to three runs per week, for frick's sake. I think the dungeon proves they're open to that idea. Um, people are like, well, the, you know, they only just opened up the raids for multiple runs for you know, moments and for solstice. And it's like, well, I, I think that the dungeon is a clear indication. They're willing to consider it and you'll see me in there. So even, even though the content structure changed, I, I would, I don't know. I think I'd still be in there if the, if the, if the loot was worth it. Now, boss fight is a part of it too. I think the loot's more of a driver for me. You could make really great boss fights and you could get rid of the, t- the res timer so that there's more heroic moments and I can have a triple cannon moment or a low a low a low fire team detonation moment right I could you could bring those back but if the loot's not worth it I think I'm gonna check out a lot faster because again I'm not doing service stream anymore so the desire and the and the push to do it will start to go down almost instantly it's like you always need both I think you need, it's like in the conversation we had with Necro, like you need that good story to tether me to who's the war priest, who's Golgoroth, like you need that, but you also need good content loop and good loot uh, as a reward. And I feel like we always get like half of the meal. He's like, here's a great, great raid or a dungeon with great encounters. And then the loot's just kind of like, eh. Like, I love the loot, I love prophecy, but then it's like the loot pool is kind of stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? The armor's cool, high stat roll's cool, the armor looks unique. If you don't like the Dido words on there, thank you know, thank goodness for ornamentation. You can change the appearance. But then you got like a bunch of reskin weapons in there. It's like they can't give us both. It's like they're it's like they're not able to give me give me the steak and give me the baked potato. It's like I feel like I always get one. And I'm like, man, if they're together. 
I did that for my son the other night. You know, my wife made lo mein, and he was just eating the noodles and then just eating the chicken. Like, he had it all separated. I was like, buddy, hang on. I got him, like, a nice twisted up some of the nice ramen noodles, got a piece of chicken on there, and he took a bite. And I was like, isn't that better together? And he was like, yeah. You know, he's four years old, so he's... He, he's, he doesn't think like that. But again, it's the same idea. It's like, can I get both? Can I get like a really dope raid or dungeon and have really good loot? You know? So I, I, I think there's two prongs to the philosophy change. Number one, they said we can't put standout loot in endgame content, which is dumb. And then number two, they went with this more relay race, more everyone has to be alive res timer nonsense. And... I mean, I was big on there aren't hero moments. There aren't hero moments. And true to form, everybody everybody in the D2 community at that time had to run a counter-narrative to anything that I said. So that little group was constantly tweeting about how, oh, we had such a great time today. We had some really great hero moments. It's like, well, that wasn't accidental. They were, they were trying to run a counter-narrative, and they had that clip of somebody killing Callie with their auto rifle when she had like no health left I'm like that's not a hero moment your whole team was dead and she had no health left that's not triple cannon that's not low man detonation that's somebody shooting an enemy and being like yay I killed her because everyone else was dead it's like under the threat of the res timer no less so I hope we see that change I know Blackburn is back Joe Blackburn I'm worried that he is sort of the 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 leader behind the res timer he's sort of the leader behind the relay race elements um i'm worried that he's got good ideas but he also has some convictions about raids that i don't agree with he's welcome to have those convictions and you're welcome to agree with them but i don't share them so if those convictions carry over you know i'll grind like crazy for the good loot but i'll be bummed that it's not a full meal it's not a whole complete meal yeah, um, that's and that's something that I feel like has been lost because you have something like Wrath, which was both, like you said, it gives you gives you the noodles and it gives you the meat. Like it gives you the good part and it gives you the good loot, and that's kind of what we're missing from um, D2's raid. I think the last time I actually was excited to get gear was Prestige Levy's armor because I, I thought the Prestige Levy armor was cool even though I didn't like the base of the armor mm-hmm. just having that purple glow just made you look so cool and it was just you were walking around the tower you're like dang he's running around with full Prestige Levy armor and then Eater of Worlds came out and it was like his armor like it wasn't that good there was two weapons and even if you want to skip that talking you know those are related layers if we talk about actual raid Last Wish Last Wish had some pretty cool looking armor it wasn't amazing um it was all right and the weapons were unique design but when you have something like bygones beating a raid weapon it it just doesn't feel like raid loot so i feel like the philosophy behind at least just raids in general whether it be encounters and the loot system i feel like there needs to be an overhaul with that i feel like they've strayed too far from the winning formula they had in d2 or d1 where they refined it to the point where you got wrath of the machine i think wrath of the machine was the pinnacle and I feel like we're, we need to get back to that. And I'm hoping the creativity from the uh, Prophecy Dungeon, I feel like the boss encounters are very good. If they can make loot and match that creativity in the raid, I feel like we will get a wonderful, wonderful Deep Stone Crypt. I, I really do. And I want that to happen. Um, but the other thing that I, I, I have, this is one of my pet peeves when talking about games, is that I don't like comparing 
other games to other like other game concepts to other games can we press um, can we press pause i want to do i want to talk about that i want to interject one thing about wrath before we move on yeah um because I don't want it to sound like we think Wrath's... Because I, everybody knows I'm a, I'm a Wrath fanboy. Yes, I believe if we keep the food analogy intact here, we got both the noodles and the meat. Like, it went together very well. It was a really fun raid, really great encounters, and the loot was good. However, you know, the chicken wasn't great. It was a little dry, and here's what I mean. Mm-hmm. The loot was super inconsistent. Like, there was loot in there that was totally throwaway. There wasn't... A lot of the stuff wasn't even best in class. Genesis Chain was great and unique, and Chaos Dogma and Steel Medulla, they were great, but then you had a garbage rocket launcher, a fusion, a sidearm, you had a lot of loot in there that was, like, there were literal pieces of garbage in there, and that needs to not happen. Um, you don't, I don't think Bungie gets a pass if they give us a couple of dope weapons in the new raid. If 70% of the loot sucks, then I'm still, I'm, I'm still irritated. It's like, you, you still aren't getting it right, Bungie. So I just wanted to interject that, that they still, I still think even in their best examples of good balanced raid delivery, they still fell short with the, with the loot in Wrath. And I, and I know you would agree with this. I don't think anybody would dispute. There was a lot of tr- like just trash loot in Wrath. And I just don't think that should ever be a statement that can be said about raid loot. So I just wanted to make sure we said that because I, I think sometimes maybe we oversell just how great, um just how great the, the, the loot is in uh, in Wrath. So I, I know you wanted to move on to comparing other games, but I wanted to make sure yeah. before we before we shifted gears that I said that. No, yeah, that's something, yeah, that needs to be clever. There was, there was absolute garbage in that raid, but there was also some of the best weapons in the game. So I feel like there needs to be more. The best weapons in the game come from the end game content and not just go do some gambit and boom, look, you get a god tier hand cannon, you know? Yeah. Um, but talking about you know comparing games and contextualizing the content from said games into destiny 2 i feel like you know i love diablo or diablo 2 and diablo 3 i love those games i love um uh, i love all kinds of games that i can compare to destiny but to me and especially and this is a sentiment i've always had that comparing like saying oh yeah this boss from diablo 3 or you know this you know loot system from borderlands 2 or whatever it may be uh i feel like that taking those concepts and saying well they did this well in borderlands in borderlands or diablo let's put it into destiny too i don't feel like that's a a viable tactic when trying to make something for destiny and even to talk about something like that towards destiny i feel like the more we need to talk more about concepts um concepts of saying okay when i'm playing diablo 3 the loot feels very rewarding how can we make the loot feel very rewarding in Destiny 2? Don't say, oh, well, this boss had a bunch of loot. Let's make this boss have a bunch of loot in Destiny 2 and, you know, make this boss the same way. You know, mm-hmm. how can we get falling rock mechanics, I think is what Necro said, or something like that. How can we get something like that? No, make it unique to Destiny 2. Contextualizing something from different games, I feel like just muddles the water of what we actually want in the game. We don't want something that was a copy and paste or something that they stole from in a different game i want something that's unique to destiny because that's one of the best things that i love about destiny is that you're not going to get a boss like prophecy boss in any other game you're not you're not going to go to any other game and tell me that you're going to get something like prophecy in any way shape or form because it's unique to destiny and i feel like that's the same way for a lot of these other games yeah what and to be fair i i actually think in this instance 
Um, I think there has been times where where Necro has tried to say, let's take this and put it in to Destiny. I think in this instance, he actually was just saying the spirit of a boss that gets triggered and does something specific because you do lots of damage. I think that was his point. I think he was trying to contextualize it. And that's why I said, you need to contextualize it. You need to say, how do you bring that over? Like, do you hit a certain damage threshold? And it's like a mini enrage. Like the boss gets angry because you did, you know, 50% damage. Like... A bad example of this is Nightmare Hunts, where you do too much damage and it messes up the immunity phases. I would rather do a ton of damage and it's a risk-reward situation where it does something, it procs something uh, in the game. So, I do agree. I think there have been times, and I know maybe you were quick to think this, because I I love Necro and I love his contribution, but there have been times where I do think Necro has been very much like crafting works in this game it could work uh in destiny that's why he made the crafting joke like that's one of his that's one of his one string banjos he can kind of get on and i appreciate that i love the fact that people get really attached to certain systems and games but i do think that avenger is right i think this is called um these are called limiting concepts so necro and avenger are as they exist they are limiting concepts like one is kind of limiting the other one thinks yes and like we should bring things over and the other's like well no only if it's contextualized and so limiting concepts keeps you balanced and it keeps you from going off into like an extreme and in this scenario i think that anytime we're going to look at other games and say that's a great that's a great customization uh, system uh what was the one we the example we gave with anthem with anthem we said the wear states was such a great idea for customization sometimes i don't want my armor to look all dirty and dingy and i slap a shader on it and it looks all dirty and dingy you know i want it to look shiny sometimes maybe i do want to look like i just came out of an actual battlefield and i've got scrapes and cuts and and explosion marks you know i i that but see that's really easy to bring over one to one to to destiny because you know we're wearing we're wearing armor that could be given wear states like how old is it you know there are so, there are shaders do that i think you can get like something like cinder char makes you look burned i know um one of the vex ones from uh war or curse of osiris makes you look like you have rust on I actually throw that on my titan make it look like an old like rusty titan but i think it's really only the shaders that do that it's not really like a wear state well, and sometimes it's annoying. So, like, for example, Carminica on my Actium War rig. The Actium War rig, for whatever reason, you put Carminica on, and it looks all it looks all chipped and faded, like it's old. Um, and I don't I don't like that because the rest of the armor doesn't look like that. All my other armor pieces are like pristine and shiny, and so I'd love to be able to change that wear state. So I I think there are times where you you can bring over those ideas. Um, from other games I think the important thing the important thing all the time though is as we've said is the contextualization how can you create that Diablo endgame entrance point that I experienced last night how can Bungie replicate that in their own way so you can jump in and feel that sense of I'm getting dope stuff and I think you made a good example loot explosions from Borderlands wouldn't work in Destiny because of the inventory system how we experience and interact with loot a loot explosion just wouldn't work it would it would be a headache you'd be like are you kidding me and it's like go around and pick it all up and delete and pick it all up and delete i mean even now i'm running into that because inventory management's just kind of a freaking headache i got all this armor and I, I i pick up one or two pairs of gauntlets and i gotta go quickly delete them because there's an engram on the ground i can't get so i agree on that point that you can never do 
not never. There are some systems that just don't one to one copy copy over unless it's something as, as straightforward as armor wear states. I mean, that's just an easy one. That's just like, a, yeah, we're wearing armor and having wear states would be pretty cool. Um, and I did want to read Wheezy. Wheezy's drawing my attention to this. And I think this is true, Wheezy. I, I, I want to make sure, again, I try to encompass my ideas complete all the time, but sometimes I miss elements. He said, I don't think all a raid loot should be best in class. I think they should be unique and good, but not the absolute best. I don't want to be going back to Vogue where the rest of the game is so watered down. I agree with that, and that's why I think Wrath of the Machine, as we just said, there was a lot of loot in there that was garbage, and we should not be able to say that, but what did we say? We listed Genesis Chain, Chaos Dogma, Steel Medulla. They were super unique, but they weren't best in class. I happen to think, though, they should be really close to best in class. It doesn't make any sense for me to get an auto rifle or a hand cannon from the raid, and yeah, it's unique, but if I could potentially get a better hand cannon or auto rifle somewhere else, I think that just breaks down really quickly for me logically. Why why would you have a better hand cannon or a better auto rifle somewhere else? That doesn't part of me thinks that that doesn't work long term. It's got or at least let me go into other areas and get something that's close to being raid loot. I I feel like you immediately disrupt what we want out of the hierarchy by saying, but raid loot can't all be best in class. It'll water down the rest of the game. Yeah, but that means if I take your argument to its logical conclusion, I could potentially get arguably a better gun, not in the raid or the dungeon. I'm not sure if Avenger wants to chime in here because we've been talking about you yeah. know, raids and the philosophy of the loot. Um, the biggest thing, don't make it so it's the best in slot for everything. Make it the best in slot for that piece of content you're doing. If you're doing a raid and you say, okay, well, this encounter is really good with a shotgun if I'm going to go kill these minotaurs, but it's also someone needs to have a sniper for hobgoblins or whatever it may be. Have it so the sniper is an amazing sniper in the raid as well as have the shotgun be an amazing shotgun in the raid. It doesn't have to be the best shotgun in trials. It doesn't have to be the best sniper in trials doesn't have to be the best in the end game in that content but make it so it's specific to okay well i did the raid i got this gun now i'm going to be more powerful in this raid make it feel like the loot means something it doesn't have to be best in slot for everything but make it be best in slot for at least stuff that it is should be a part of because when i'm getting a raid weapon it doesn't feel like anything it feels more of a hindrance to use the raid weapons in the raid mm-hmm. than it should be you know, when I'm using doing a raid, I should get the loot and be like, wow, this loot's good. They do they did a good, good job with the armor, I think, you know, having raid mods and Garden of Salvation be applying to the armor. And I think that's a good thing to have there. But, you know, the, the weapons just feel useless in the raids. Mm-hmm. They feel worse to use. Well, and I Wheezy's making more points here. He says, Hopscotch Pil- Pilgrim... Uh, which was one of the best PvP weapons for from strikes. Sprinkling good loot throughout while also keeping very good loot in the raid is a healthier path forward than just do raid or trials for the best weapons. Nothing else matters. Have a nice day. We need loot hierarchy, but we also don't want to put all the aspiration into only one or two places. I mean, I think Avenger kind of hit it. I do think you could have arguably god rolls in best in class weapons that are farmable elsewhere but when you go into the raid maybe there's unique perks maybe it's tantamount to oracle disruptor or something like that you got to be really careful though if the only reason that loot is better is because it has an intrinsic perk 
that's when I kind of like, I don't know. I think we need to at least apply the other category or factor that we said, which was unique. Genesis Chain was unique, and then it had an intrinsic perk that was better, that that made it really useful in the raid. What was it? Increased damage to Fallen, wasn't it? Um... So, so they, it kind of got the best of both worlds. Like, Focus Firefly, unique perk. Couldn't get it on any other auto rifle in the game. Dope. That's what I want to see. And then an intrinsic, you know, it, you know, plus or bump uh, in the raid. I think I would turn it up just a little bit, though. Just a little bit. I think raid gear should be very, very tough to outdo. Same with Trials Adept. It should be pretty tough to outdo them or match them. It, sh- it should be possible... You want to chase a god roll or you want to go for a pursuit weapon or something. It should be close or possible. But man, it shouldn't be farm umbrals and you can get loot that's just as good as the raid loot. It's just missing the intrinsic, right? I think this is going to be really hard for them to fine tune. Because you either end up with what Wheezy's trying to protect against, which is all the best weapons are in the raid and adept trials. That's it. That's it. Everything else sucks. Which can be, I think can be overstated by the community, right? Like, every season there's best in class weapons that we find somewhere that we farm for shouldn't it it, wouldn't it stand a reason to have them in dungeons and raids instead of in umbrals but you know that's beside the point I think that I think it's going to be hard for that not to become the perception because people are going to think yeah the normal world loot drop sucks you know we we're not we're not getting good enough stuff and the only stuff that matters is adept trials and uh, and raid gear you know there's a lot of there's a lot of issues outside of just, you know, raid loot. I think it's like all loot in general. Um, you know, obviously I shouldn't be getting, you know, the best PvP weapon from a raid, I don't think. I don't think that's fair completely. Um, but at the same time, making all of the loot be hindered because you don't want to make it so... As I say, they casualified the loot because they completely they, they completely made it so okay well you know we don't want to have people do the raid and like only get the best loot from the raids and then they feel bad because they're not in pvp or in pve and they can't do this content because they don't have the raid loot i know a lot of um people were echoing that statement and to me i think it's the exact opposite philosophy that they should have yeah yeah well all right i gotta move on to rexus unless you have anything else that's all Okay, well, thank you for calling in, Avenger. Good back and forth. Good good uh, back and forth with you, Weezy. Weezy, again, echoing that the loot needs to be good and unique. And I, I, I think that's right. I think that's right. And I do think it's 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 going to be a tough... It's going to be a tough thing to balance. You know, if they only throw best-in-slot gear in Adept Trials and Raids, it can feel very uh, disjointed. Like, well, that's the only stuff worth chasing. So I'll be interested to see how they pull it off. Rexus, I'm coming to you. Last caller of the day. What do you got, sir? Uh, first of all, I gotta agree with uh, they need to be unique because I I'm not really going into garden anymore because it doesn't feel worth it. It's the only yeah. thing I can get is armor. The weapons are kind of eh. there are more than enough similarly good or even better weapons. Like it's, it's really not worth my time. Right. The only thing I'm currently doing is Scourge because I still want the uh, Sparrow and still did not drop it. And you cannot repeat this checkpoint. You just have to do it three times a week and then you're done. But yeah. <laughs> Which was, in my opinion, was a little bit stupid to do. 
Well, and I think that's what what's Avenger and I were talking about is even if you made the boss fights dope, and it, let's say Necro gets his way, they had little cutscenes, and we learn about the bosses, you know, and the fights are awesome, but the loot's just kind of like, why? Like, I, I think the raid would run out of steam after a week or two. I think we'd think it was dope for one or two weeks, and then we, we would realize, we're like, this is loot that I can get in a strike. This is loot that I can get from an umbral. None of this is standout. None of this is unique. Yes, often you can even get better loot. <clears throat> like currently, we've got a lot of god rolls in the umbrals that you can farm for so specifically. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Finn Freak is saying the shotgun, auto, hand cannon, even the sniper all have uses that are good. I won't disagree that the weapons are not good. There are some good potential roles, but here's where I think the, the it really starts to grate against player sentimentality, and Rexus just hit on it. You can't I, farm I, for them. You can't farm for them, so it's like, do I really want to do this every week for a shot in the dark for a weapon that might be marginally useful, good, or better at a tiny little thing, or I can farm somewhere else way more effectively, whether it's Sundial, the Umbrals, I mean, that's one of the things they've really got to look at. Generosity and player volition and player agency being respected, like giving us that intentional grind, is dope. But when you go into a raid and you don't feel that player agency and the reward feels marginally, I mean marginally better, just, I think incentive breaks down super fast. And also that they made the... uh... Uh, it didn't help in older raids that the curated roles were often not even the best ones. Yeah, like on the Chattering like, Bone? Yeah, like if, if you get... There, there, are, there, there are a bunch of roles that are better than the god role. Uh, the curated role that she's supposed to be the god role that everyone should chase, but no, nobody wants that. <laughs> yeah. And this is where I think they're so close to getting the formula right because random roles with curated roles could be really good. Now, I know they want to avoid it feeling like D1 static roles. Like, if the only role worth getting is the curated role, you're kind of back to, like, static roles. Kind of, because at least you can be pacified by getting a decent role in the interim. In Destiny 1, it was like, you either got the gun or you didn't. So, I kind of think... If there would have been a curated Ikelos shotgun that everybody knew was the god roll, and I was getting Ikelos shotguns along the way, I think that would have been pretty good. You know, I would have been, I would have been, I would have been happy with the fact that I had an Ikelos, and it would have wet my appetite to keep chasing the curated. But I wonder if maybe that's what they were afraid of: is that if if all the curateds are god rolls, then that's all people are going to want to chase, and it's essentially a static. I, I don't disagree with that if that was their reason. I I, I mean I don't, I'm sorry, I don't agree with that if that was their their idea. I understand if that was the idea. It just it just didn't work with the uh, you can only do it three times a week. Uh, another thing is, uh, I have, to, I don't know. I feel like I have to kind of defend Leviathan a little bit. Leviathan was okay, like the the basic and then with the prestige added to the normal Leviathan prestige rate. I think that was a good upgrade. I don't think that was bad. I think that was showing well that they still can do. Um, prestige or hardcore runs they can still do that they can still do hard mode 
yeah it, of course of course leviathan became a joke after a while because because during for during year two we got a power spike that was like i don't know 200 percent of course then leviathan became a joke but before it was it was a it was it was not a very hard rate but it was still at least at the beginning as every raid is difficult somewhat and the hard the prestige version of it was more difficult more mechanics to add to uh take care of more mechanics to um look out for and to make sure you have them the only thing i still i stand with you on the same spot is the tokens were a stupid idea yeah well and the rest token yeah yeah the it's not even the tokens Right? It isn't. It's not even the tokens. It's the timer more than anything. I don't mind iterating on limiting our reses. You know, in D1 it was super... In D1 it was super like you could res as much as you want in normal and no reses in hard. It was like, whew! Like, it was such a off and on switch. I I don't mind the iteration with the tokens. It's the timer more than anything. Yeah, and... Also also most of the mechanics... What I like, one of my fa- I think my favorite um, encounter in the um, Leviathan is the uh, Gauntlet because really? it's actually yeah because it it, it uh, I might be that might be very controversial but I really enjoyed that one. You have your designated you have designated roles. You switch it up. You have you need to have uh, good communication and the. You do, you're not under pressure regarding ammo economy. You can just let loose because you don't have a DPS phase. I, I am, f- I sometimes uh, like uh, in Destiny 2. You kind of that it's hard to, to, to get away from just DPS phases. You'll need them at bosses. That's I'm very fine with that. It just makes me happy. I got so tired of DPS phases because at the time I was also playing Guild Wars 2 and they introduced raids and basically I think about 50, 60 or 70% of all raids in Guild Wars were just DPS checks where it is even worse. And if you're too slow, the timer runs out and you die. And I am fed up with that. That's not fun. Yeah, like, and I'm the the reason I was alarmed at what you said about uh, Gauntlet is I always felt like a piece of me die when I got to Gauntlet. It was like everybody, everybody has to do their thing, and everybody has to do their call out. It feels like a game show. Like I, I get where you're coming from that because there was no DPS phase. Um, I think I would do you one better. I think that the the vault in Last Wish is better than gauntlet because as you're saying there's not this big dps phase i loved it i would run tractor cannon i would knock that freaking knight around it was like kind of aggressive you could kind of use supers but the mechanics and the rotation and the movement and all of it was i think actually enjoyable i think vault is a better example maybe you're you're free to love gauntlet i I couldn't stand it i but i think the vault it might be a better example of no dps phase making for really fun combat combined with really, really good mechanics. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Though, what I'm kind of missing with uh, the vault is the movement. You, you, you can almost stay at one spot and just defend. 
Yeah, no, yeah, I hear that. Like, y you do have the thing where you have to move with the, uh, with the artifact, but your movement is pretty impaired with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and sure, Ochi yeah. brings a little bit of that, like, the racing, the movement, the pushing forward, the chaining supers. Like, I think, I think sure, Ochi is another good example of interweaving damage and mechanics. I think that's a, that's another good example of a fight that isn't super traditional, satisfy the mechanics, and then beat the boss's head in, you know? Yeah, that's true. You, you've got those multiple... You, uh, I think six, was it, right? Six uh, DPS phases. Each one just... Each just short, and you have to keep up... Keep the race up in between. Yeah, and then you gotta slow down for the puzzle part. Like, it's like a... It's like a you know when they make the guys do that in the in the military, they make them run, 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 do all this hard stuff, and then they have to like shoot a bow or a gun and have to have that like the the calm precision after running and being like <gasps> like they're out of breath. Like it it had that feel. It was like, all right, everybody, stop, stand still. We got to figure this out. Like I don't know. I like that. I hate those bowls though. I freaking hate those bowls. But I like the I like the element of run, run, run puzzle. Run, 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 run puzzle. I thought Shiro Chi is a, is another good encounter. I think Last Wish has a lot of feathers in the raid teams cap they did some really great things in that raid um if riven wasn't cheesable it would probably be a perfect it would probably be a perfect raid honestly it would it, it, morgeth i think morgeth's disappointing but other than that i think i think last wish is one of the one of the better raids that has a lot of variety well i guess it couldn't be a perfect raid because the oh my children are stomping it could it can't be a perfect raid because the loot's terrible um because you know that's 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 one of the other glaring problems with it uh, it it was though better than other raids, to be honest. It's the loot was not as bad as it feels with Garden, especially in regards to what we got uh, next to it compared at the time. Yeah. So uh, All right, we just passed an hour. So do you have oh, two more things? One more thing. What do you got for yeah, me? Uh, ideas regarding. Um, bosses uh give them multiple crit spots hmm. uh if you give them multiple uh, crit spots like the uh, insurrection prime was it right uh had his shields but you more go for like three crit spots and they are all around him so you have to split up the team not fully split up that everyone is totally separate but you need to split up into groups of two it would diminish uh, all the things regarding well, and it would be, I think, a fun mechanic that you position yourself, not just everyone stand together and now let's burn him! No, 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 no. split up. Mm. And make sh- and the, like, the, the, the more different crit spots you hit, the more uh, maybe a timer goes up or something, or like a, a damage increase. Hmm. Oh hey, if you only hit one crit spot, you only get times one damage. If you hit two, you get times one point five. If you get three, you get times two. Just just like spitballing the uh, numbers now. No, yeah, I, I I think they need to. There's a couple things they could bring back. What you're what you're bringing back is you know innovating on damage phases, splitting the team up. I also think you could do the bringing back of like specialized roles somebody grabbing the aura somebody grabbing the sword somebody grabbing the relic like i think that could come back as well and 
I don't think it will. I'm fairly certain Joe Blackburn is one of the people that's against that. He His philosophy is everybody should be alive. Everybody should take part. We shouldn't have specialized roles. We They don't want people being carried, you know, and I... I, uh, I I worry that that philosophy has has neutered so much of uh, so much of those really really cool moments and those cool that's something to aspire to. I want to be good at sword bearing. I want to be good at running a relic or something. There's nothing to aspire to when everybody has to do the same thing. You know, I, it's like we're all we're all aspiring to to do our job basically like punch the card boom you did it i did it we all did it and um i think that's maybe why some people are are a little less uh we're just less tolerant of inexperienced people because if we all have to do the same thing you're like come on bro like i'm doing it why can't you do it but in destiny one it was understandable like ah dude it's good it's good i run relic or sword i'm i run aura i run it all the time like you'll get there you'll get there why it was a specialized role so i think you were more open to the idea that like people could be bad and then get better with time instead of oh you're bad and you're the only person that's bad we're all doing our job except for you it just brings it just brings a i think it brings the opposite of what they want this idea that like oh it'll be more inclusive and everybody'll be alive and ha ha no it makes people feel more embarrassed when they're the bad player cuz everybody's being asked to do the same thing and when they're choking there is no way to pick up that slack. You're just like, dude, come on, get it freaking together or we're just going to keep wiping. That's why totems became such a nightmare. One person messing up and you had to start all the way over. And there, that that was, I think one of the reasons Oryx, uh, the King's Fall raid, people loved it, but they didn't like replaying it that much was because you could get, the fights were long. You could get all the way to the end of, of totems and be almost there and somebody messes up. And there's no recovering it. Same with Oryx. You're almost to detonation and someone messes something up and the team wipes. You know, the relic runner falls. So, yeah, I, I think with the good comes the bad. I think we just, I think we netted better good and better experiences in D1 with how they set things up. Yeah, so. most likely. All right, I'm going to cut it there. We're at, we're at 111, but that was good, Rexus. Thanks for calling in. All right then uh, yeah i've got more than enough to talk about the next times <laughs> yeah tuck it away for another call in dude i appreciate it definitely well then thank you guys so much for calling in today if you're listening to this and you're like man that'd be fun to do a vip call in pick vip tier on youtube by clicking the join button or if you'd rather use patreon go to sntrpresents.com and use the patreon uh, also we're launching repeat theater that new show in about a week so you can pick from combination tiers on the SNTR Presents Patreon for that show. If you want to subscribe to that YouTube channel, go to repeattheaterlive.com. It's going to be a great, great show. Basically a book club for TV shows and movies. So if you're here right now, don't go anywhere. If you're listening to this elsewhere, please like, share, and subscribe.